Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam for another very special episode of Horror Express, where we're going to be having a debate over the the merits of the movie Sleepwalkers, a 1992 film. It's based on a uh, Stephen King script, which is not based on a book. He wrote it for the screen. It's directed by Mick Garris. Um some of the actors have hard to pronounce names, so I'm not going to even bother to, dis- to say the actors' names right now. Um, but it's basically a movie about vampiric, shape-shifting cats that feed on the life force of virgin human females. Um, you know, there's a mother and a son, and they're the the last of their kind. And it's, but it's all done in a very odd style, it, 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 which we'll get into over the course of the discussion. Joel, since this is a debate, do you want me to add anything to that? Do you want me to, is there anything that you think was missing? I would like to amend your statement mm-hmm. uh, for the questionable use of the term merit in regarding this movie and the extremely laughable use of the term style regarding this movie. Well, I said we're debating the merit of it, right? So Yes, or lack thereof. In this yeah, case. no, but that's but that's what we're debating is the, the, okay. the, the merit. Whether it even has merit. But the debating. style, I feel like style still works because whether you like it or not, the style is odd, right? It's a very, like, there's not, it doesn't have the typical style of a movie that you that you're no style whatsoever i concur well that i would disagree with i think it definitely has a style oh, uh, we'll whether whether that. one likes it or not you know that's a whole other thing so i don't know how do we how do we want to start this because we haven't done the debate since um uh the rocky well, fired up about rocky four wasn't it yeah rocky four we were both pretty happy this i'm much more chill about i think um, yeah, I got I I ooh. Rocky I is personal. Rocky that. is personal. My grandfather was a boxer. I loved the Rocky movies growing up. I get fired up talking about Rocky with people. This is a movie that you know I I liked in high school. I'm not I'm not willing to to fight somebody to death over yeah, it. Yeah, but none, nonetheless, the person with the affirmative opinion should be the one to present their argument first, okay. and the person who's okay. going to tear it down goes second. Oh, Actually, okay, you should, all right. You should, you should make your argument for the merit of this. Let, movie. Let's both make one because I no, but I what think he's saying be, two, two, there really should be two, right? No, no, but but Adam it has merit. Adam is saying so. Adam was uh, on the debate team. And so, so what? He, so what? What? what is, I don't know why that's funny. We know he's on the debate team, uh, but he's. He, I, I think. I think what he's saying is the person who is pro the film goes first, so the other person sure. come in, which gives you the advantage, Joel. I'm not happy it, it about does, that. But here's the thing. I don't. I don't oh, like. You, you like get a chance to respond after him. Oh, I get to respond. It's not, okay. It's not. No. Can I? Can I conceal? Can I conceal the heart, true heart of my argument in my opening statement? Does it have to? be in there or can i because what if no no you'll get you'll get you can save up some stuff for the for your second second attempt so if you want to hold you know just you know okay all right the point i'm trying to make just just at least get a good amount out there a good something you can respond okay all right this is my first formal debate because when we did it before it was much more street fighting yeah i like like that you've got 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 all your arguments arranged which ones you're gonna hold back and you're like well it's just a movie i liked in high school no no you're giving me you're giving me you're giving me way too much credit i have i have an argument um (laughs) but i want to hold i want to hold off giving like the you know the full weight of it so um we'll ease into your doom that's fine well we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but anyways the so sleepwalkers is definitely an odd movie people 
watch it because they think it's terrible. You know what I mean? It's kind of got that sort of so good it's bad vibe to it. Um, and that was something that surprised me when I came on the internet and looked up reviews of it. Do you know what I mean? I think I, I first discovered this in maybe 2016. So I was even late on the internet coming to Sleepwalkers reviews and finding it out. But it was it was news to me because I remembered watching it in high school and, and enjoying it. I, I liked, I mean, I remember, I wouldn't say it was like, you know, an out, like, it wasn't like a, an A-plus film, but it was like a solid C-plus for us, I think. Do you know what I mean? C-plus, maybe getting close to a B, but not quite enough to get up to that level. But it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a film that we enjoyed because we thought it was so bad. We enjoyed it because it was fun, it was entertaining, it was campy, and it felt like a drive-in theater movie. And so, you know, that, I mean, that's, I guess, my opening. I don't know. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Is that, so Adam, is that fair? Or do I need to keep going? You, you're the judge. No, here. I think you're, you're good. You've, okay. you've made your basic case here. So yeah, go so ahead. Here's the thing. I want to be more proactive with my point. Because it's not just that I dislike the movie. Let's be clear about this. I think this movie is a stain on B movies. And I hate it. So I'm going to try in my argumentation, not just to prove him wrong. I think that's way too low of a bar for sleepwalkers. I want to prove that this movie should be purged from your memory. Like, I hate this movie. Um, and it's not to say there's no irredeemable parts, but that actually makes it more frustrating for me. Because I actually, I never, and I've watched this movie three times now. This is the third time. I have never at any point in my life come to this movie with any spite in my heart towards it. Ever. Even this last time, I was like, no, I've got to, you know what? I've got to give it a fresh chance. I'm going to sit down and I'm genuinely going to, if there's a good point, I'm going to remember it. I remembered a couple. Otho is one, maybe the best one. Um, but this movie hurts me. And it hurts me because I love B movies. Like, you know, you guys know, I go to bat for crap movies all the time because there's mm -hmm. something redeemable and charming about them. This movie, the, the most salient uh, criticism I can give it, the, the most enduring and agonizing criticism is no one who was involved in making this movie cared. They had no vision. They had no creativity, no personality. This isn't so bad it's good because those movies are memorable. The Room is memorable because it's unlike anything else. Someone cared about it and failed so spectacularly. And there's something genuine and human about watching that movie. There's some kind of Ed Wood quality to really good bad movies it's not that it, this is not no one cared about this enough for him to make it that bad they didn't make it at all basically this is a shrug of a movie that makes me frustrated because they arraigned so much talent and almost a galaxy of brilliant horror minds in the same scene even and it's a wet fart in a damp sack that's my opening argument so your argument is no one cared that's your that's your position my argument is this movie this movie could have been great, and it wasn't, because they had all the potential for it to be great. This movie has frustrating moments of really good, like, cool ideas that it totally fails on. This movie, nobody cared about it. This is a, clearly a cynical ca cash grab of a movie. And there's nothing about it that makes it redeemable, neither as a good, a so bad as good movie, or a B movie, or even a horror movie. It fails in every way it can. That's my point. So I would say it's not scary as a horror movie, so I will give you that. But I don't think it's meant to be particularly scary. I think it's meant to be entertaining and in the genre of horror. But one of these films where you're not really supposed to literally be on the edge of your seat in fear, where you're more enjoying the goofy-looking monsters and things like that. Um, in terms of no one caring, 
the director definitely cared because I've seen interviews with him where he talks about, you know, enthusiastically what his vision for the movie was. You know, you could argue that he didn't land that vision. That's fair. But to say he didn't care, I think that's I think that's, you know, just goes against everything he said. Also, the uh, the actor, what's his name? Brian Krause, I think, was the guy who played uh, Charles Brady. He, he every interview I've ever seen where they talk about this movie, he's described as being super enthusiastic about getting this role. And the girl whose name I definitely can't pronounce. Yeah, I don't even think. Uh, but but the one who played Tanya Robertson, she uh, she was clearly she had the totally wrong idea about what kind of movie it was. So there's definitely that. She thought it was like a sexy vampire, dark kind of interview with a vampire type film, which it definitely is not. Um, but she was really, you know, on board so much so she's allergic to cats and she didn't tell anybody oh, that wow. she was allergic to cats because she was like, you know, she wanted to be in this movie. She waited until like there were three quarters of the way shooting the film to tell anybody. Um, and also another reason that I think is is really important to that says, you know, shows that people cared is you've got like five major horror movie directors doing cameos in this movie. So it's not like it wasn't just like a, you know, thing that they just kind of just did for no reason. There was I think I think there was definitely enthusiasm behind the movie. Um, you know, what was your other point? I, I forgot you. you uh... <laughs> the, the raw hate came out too raw. OK, so the enthusiasm is one of the biggest ones. But I feel like that makes it even more tragic that there was enthusiasm and it not only failed, but seemed to hate the idea so spectacularly that this was the end result. Um, it has frustrating moments, which actually are kind of brilliant. Like Otho, again, I forget the actual actor's name, but he's Otho from Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. We all know he shows up in this movie as the teacher. And for some reason, they decided this is the scene where we're going to animate every single frame. And so, like, he at one point he's berating well, of someone that's messing around in his class, slams his hands on the desk, and he's like, he gets in, in, in the guy's mm -hmm. face, and he's like, getting in the face of the camera, and it's a really great shot. And it's just so angry. It's like a little gym in a giant pile of garbage. Ah, I hate it, that. So there's frustrating moments of brilliance in it. Well, so I would argue there are lots of very great scenes like that. Like the one with the teacher that you were referring to. That's the peak. That's definitely the apex of, we agree on of entertaining scenes. But I feel like there are a lot of other, you know, uh, similar scenes that don't quite rise to that level. And they shouldn't because that's the one that everybody remembers. That's like the big, the big scene like that. Um, but also this was a movie that was, I think the, the third film to do face morphing like that. I think Michael Jackson's uh, black and white was the second one. And Terminator two was the first one. So, but mm. so what, that's one of the reasons why it looks so like uh, most of the other effects are practical effects. They're hokey. They're definitely hokey, but they're not like, they're not like the face morph. Uh, when he's riding next to the police officer, for example. I, I'm actually, then, I'm not even going to fight you on the face morph. It's dated, but it is unsettling. Okay. So it's, it's memorable. Uh, I think it's stupid, but that doesn't mean it's not of its time and place. So I'm not even going to, I'm not going to ding the movie for one of the worst special effects ever put to film. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to walk away from that point. That's how okay. generous I'm being. That's how generous I always am to this movie. All right. And it still <laughs> finds ways to hurt me. Like, please continue. So, so Adam, what's the structure now? Because I think I responded to him. <laughs> yeah, and we now just got think... all... I'm getting okay. bloodbath on it. I want, I want this movie to but suffer. I, well, like I think then does Joel get to make a point and then I... Like, how does it... 
Yeah, let's have uh, let's do that. I mean, technically, okay. we should have we should each have two people teams, and you know, you could cross examine each other. So, we, we, as you only only one of you came for each side. Okay, we can't really use formal debate structure, okay. but we'll. Uh, so we yeah, well, let's go to let's go to Joel, letting Joel throw an argument about why this movie sucks, and then you can respond. Okay, let's go with the wasted potential. That mm -hmm. might be my least favorite part of this movie. Uh, you mentioned there were a lot of horror directors, like. Because there are the Joe Dante, Clive Barker, Stephen King. Let's let's put that in context, though. All of those horror directors don't direct, and they they barely have any creative input in this. They are all in one scene for like a minute. That's yes. their contribution. Yes, it's neat that they all showed up, Brendan. It is. That's it. Though. Can I can I interject like, a point here? Do I have to wait until do. he's done to? Oh, no, so fine. okay okay it's so interjections podcast, are allowed a, all right all right good debate. good we'll allow so it. so I, I i agree that they have no directorial input that's absolutely true but the point i was making is it just showed that there was enthusiasm to the film because you had said that one of the reasons why it wasn't good was the lack of enthusiasm by the people I, making it even if it's not a lack of enthusiasm it is certainly a lack of vision or a complete inability and not even an inability to realize it, a genuine ability to somehow sabotage it, right? Because here you have all these wonderful things. That that scene, that's mm -hmm. my framing device for why I, mean, I hate this movie, okay? Because which wait, which really scene? Cool what, the scene with all the, the directors? The scene with all the directors. Okay. All right? Because I wanted to like be like, oh my God, that's Joe Dante. But they were all in and out, like nothing. But if that's what's so great about it, is it's just like, no, hey, I'm not, here. And then... <laughs> Here's the thing. That's a waste of potential. If they'd been peppered in like one scene each throughout the whole movie, it would have been a smorgasbord of fun cameos. They don't have enough screen time for us to care that it's Joe Dante, that it's like, well, so, there was so much you could have done with those characters. And it's just this one little wet fart. Well, right they put there. all the directors totally... together. The directors all got cameos kind of close uh -huh. together, which I think was intentional. But I mean, the movie starts with potential. Mark Hamill. Luke Skywalker is the first cop on the... On the crime he was on scene, on screen for almost a whole minute, which is you know with a porn stash, and he's got like he delivers stash. and he delivers. Like, he's already in a horror movie with a porn stash. He is, uh, and that's the thing. Like another movie did it smarter and better, and he actually has a role where he gets to act in that one. He's like a baseball. He gets to act in this one though too, because that yeah. line is a terrible line, and he's the king of delivering like bad dialogue, like badly written dialogue. And he, the and world I, is a lot poorer for not having him be in the movie more, though. It's another piece of wasted potential. I think uh, it was one of the more interesting things, though, because I like that, like, that scene, I think, is really effective, number one. But also, I... The I, Mark Hamill scene? Yeah, the Mark Hamill scene. I just like that introduction. But I like sure. that. I like the as an introduction. It's actually pretty yeah. solid. I was, and then I, yeah, I would say I'm disappointed they didn't have more Mark Hamill too, because he is a legitimate actor. As opposed, yeah. I can see why you know Stephen King and John Landis and Joe yeah. Dante and those guys why they 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 don't have more than a line because that's not what they do. But it's like, yeah, you you, you got to give Mark Hamill a real role. That would have well, been I cool. suspect Mark Hamill maybe didn't want a full role in the it's movie. Possible, but I don't yeah. know. Also, it is worth mentioning. If I recall, Mark Hamill's career wasn't exactly soaring at this time, so which is all the more reason yeah. to give him a role, though. No, so. it, it is, but they, but it might have been more like we have this bit part. Could you, if you want it, it's yours. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
yeah. whatever you know what reason, it yeah. could have been great, but it yeah. wasn't. It was just kind of there teasing a but, movie that would have been wonderful if it had happened. But I think there's another but reason here, why he isn't. I think it would have been a distraction because the other actors are not known names, really. No, they're not people folks would have really recognized from a lot of movies again though we uh, had... i disagree because yeah, I, mean, I disagree too this I mean, was like... this was this was 1992 yeah. and imagine like what's her bod not even going to try to pronounce it tanya robertson try. she was in <laughs> twin Peaks. she was one of the main characters. no that's true so that's was, true she was huge at this time even though now it's well like, to twin peaks fans to twin gone. peaks fans she was the, huge the point but I'm not no, but like, well, twin peaks was was huge though in 1990 we're so. We're gonna do twenty. Okay, fair. Adam. But gonna, like the guy Brian Krause, the only movie he was in was like Return to the Blue Lagoon or something. I think before this, that was a fine oh, movie. But yeah, that was a fine again. movie. But I, I, when I saw this movie, like you know, I didn't recognize him. Is what I'm saying. You know. Yeah. And, so anyway, back to the point. I'm struggling to get through this minute <laughs> show about it. You guys keep I keep throwing these little bones, and you guys want to talk about them. Look, they came to nothing. Is my point, right? <laughs> and here's the thing about this movie: the premise is rad. The intro scene is rad. It never follows up on it. Like we get like a, what is it? A 25 minute long car chase that goes nowhere yep. in this movie. I love the idea of these like ancient Egyptian vampire cats that eat people's souls. That's really cool. And it culminates in this like weird slapstick, like nigh, not horror scene that happens in a graveyard that ends in total failure for the monster. And he's not scary or funny enough or interesting enough for it to be worth the premise. It's a complete waste of all of its potential. And everything in this movie is that. It's a frustrating non-climax the whole time. You can compare it like time and like compare the end of this movie, right? Compare his mom. Let's jump ahead. Uh -huh. Just kind of walking out of their house and walking into the girl's house and punching people and then coming back and then her, her, her stuffed suit getting set on fire and some like minimum wage stunt man having to like awkwardly flail in it compare that to the ending of nightbreed where they they like have a whole paramilitary group of cops yep. storms into a cemetery full of monsters and it's this war zone it's this last act that's amazing this this was a whimper not a bang yeah it's but that way for everything i found the end very entertaining i don't think that it was intended to be like Nightbreed. It definitely has night like I would say this movie is almost a cross between like Nightbreed and Heathers or something. It's got like a weird there's this a is weird thing. Slow cousin, dude. Well no, no, it's not Nightbreed Slow Cousin, because this isn't is. really a horror movie. This is this is a horror movie farce. This movie is like a it's a it's a farcical film. And it's intended I think it's intended for people that are the kind of horror movie fans who enjoy watching Freddy Krueger, uh, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy Krueger <laughs> jokes, things like that? Who who love who love the character from um, uh, what was the movie we did earlier in the year? Uh, and I'm struggling to remember. Uh, what was it about? It was the vampire movie. Uh, okay. Fright Night. Fright down. Night. Fright Night. There the 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 friend who goes crazy and says all the you know set, you know like dinner's ready How and things dare like that. You could pair that angel of the an reason. Actor. The reason <laughs> I'm comparing garbage. it is because in the graveyard scene when Charles Brady goes from being like a charming you know guy that looks like he's torn between his mom and this girl yeah, no, to I, a total I, I psychopath. That, the, yeah, his performance is identical yeah. to that guy, and I think that's exactly no, what because that guy actually had pathos. 
this this is that, a, I don't think that guy had pathos. That guy had that guy. No, that guy just had weirdness going for him. That's what he had, which is all he needed. And that's and that's what this does. It 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 it, it throws you I, off like, because again, he did have pathos though. He dies and like his friend watches him die and turn back into a human. There's something tortured about that character, even in his wackiness. But it's because I mean, like, he's a something... funny guy. It's when the fu- it's the funny man's not supposed to die. But he's that's never why. Really funny though. He's tortured and he's trying to be the funny man. Well, There's a richness to that. I think that's a whole other episode character. where we can debate the. No, no, you know. that's the thing. That's this episode because that well, character is rich and charming in a way that nothing is in this movie. I, there, there's I, no humanity to any of these characters. I think they, that they, character they, is they just as farcical as all of the characters. Like these characters are not rich and deep, but they're not meant to be rich and deep. They're meant to be exaggerated. The circumstances are if improbable. This was exaggerated. The, I, it would have been funny or entertaining. It wasn't. This are you saying you're saying this isn't this is absolutely an exaggerated movie? No, Everything it, about it is okay. Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold, Even no, it's most exaggerated. It's under. Now you're being totally ridiculous because no. we have we have Ron uh-huh. Perlman playing what the state trooper, and when he finds the out that this so. girl. Hold on, I need to speak. The, the, when he finds I out that me a lot earlier, buddy. This is payback. I, I, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm an interrupter. That's what I do. You but, are. Yeah. I, so the, but you have the Ron Perlman character who starts getting creepy on about the girl that they think was just the victim of an attempted rape, and you know I forget what his line is, but he says you know if the if the mommy and daddy aren't willing to spank her, I'm more than happy to do the job, and. You can tell this is like an ongoing problem because the other cop reacts to it, like you know, just stay away from her. Like so, you know, so you, these are really exaggerated types of characters. They're not. There's there's a lot of stuff that's implausible, improbable, and over the top in the movie. Right from the very beginning, where you have a mother and son romance at the start of them. Like, I think what the movie does is it sets itself up is like this is going to be because you said before like you liked. The premise. The premise was cool. Yeah, the, the the premise it, is great and totally it, wasted. It sets but it itself, is a great premise. Yeah, it's a it's a solid premise, and it kind of it kind of makes it look like oh, we're gonna get this like tragic, sort of, you know, last of their kind type monster, and maybe we'll even be rooting for this guy who is going to sacrifice himself for the woman that he's falling in love with against his mother's wishes or something. Like that seems to be the direction that the movie is pretending it's going to go but then yeah. around the mark I, I forget exactly where it is but around one of the car chase scene moments is when it just goes off the rails the and, interminable car chase scene yeah yeah it's it's just like you know it's just pumping rock and roll there's i i forget the order they happen in i think it i think the first moment is when the teacher uh creeps on him the teacher follows him uh and after his date with the, because up through him having the date with that girl, it's all kind of normal, right? It's all, it's like a, it's, it's all kind of like a, a very standard teen horror movie, right? And well, then, I think that's the point where the movie begins to slope off for me too. I think you, you found an important moment in the movie because you're right. Up till then, there's something that seems more or less genuine, and there's no clear indication of it being farcical. The thing with his mother is genuinely creepy and weird, and they've yeah. got good casting and chemistry, you know. Uh, the thing with the girl, again, the girl's well cast. Like Adam was saying, she's in Twin Peaks. She's a great actress um, who really commits to the scenes that she's in. Uh, uh, again, fucking Otho's in the movie. They put him in this ridiculous Volkswagen Beetle. And, like, there's a lot that is genuinely good. And then that scene happens. And 
something about that scene, like the magic of the movie starts to really fray around that point for me. Because okay. right after that, right after that, they go into that interminable and and like adjacent to the entire plot car chase scene that doesn't have any climax or character building. And it takes up a lot of time in a 90 minute movie. And then like it just it never captures the magic again. And every time they try to come to some resolution, it's frustrating and ill-conceived. And it just feels like everything that was set up so wonderfully in that first little chunk, that first third of the movie, there's no payoff. And like when characters get introduced, like Ron Perlman, he doesn't show up until the movie's already almost over. Yep. And you're right. He has like this moment when he's creepy for like, again, like 30 seconds, but there's not enough time in this movie. He's not in this movie enough and established enough for that to have some kind of like lasting impact on us. We don't care. A lot of stuff is like that in this movie. But see that moment I'm pointing to is why the film is so great. That point of view, like, like just to paint a picture when I first saw this, I'm watching this with a bunch of other guys that have seen like every horror movie under the sun. And we have, and and we, and we've come to appreciate when horror movies get weird. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like when, when strange, what the fuck moments happen in horror movies, if, if, if we're not scared of a horror movie, we either want to be laughing at it or we want to have a what the hell was that kind of a moment that we can all I, kind of I talk about. I will grant you that zeitgeist. That, yeah. Continue. And so I think this is all deliberate. I don't think any of this is accidental. I think they they present this movie so that it's sort of like, oh, this is like a real horror movie. And then I remember distinctly is, as I was watching it again last night. It was like I was like thrust back into high school and I remembered vividly the first time I was watching this. You know, when you watch something and all the memories kind of just come flooding back. And I remember that moment with the teacher. We were all like, wait, what the hell just happened there? Was that what I thought? You know, it was that kind of a moment. But we were like enthusiastically interested. It's That's what got our attention. And then you'd have these lulls. And then again, something like that would happen. We'd be like, what the hell was that? Was that what I thought it was? Was that Clive Barker? Was that this? And it's all these like... 30 second flashes of what the hell was that kind of a thing and mixed it with just kind of i don't know fun campy horror and it just kind of kept getting zanier and zanier as the movie went on what i want you to do is take that to its logical extreme all right imagine that on that scene the director of the movie went out in front of the camera and every time something wacky like that happened that was just a wink Mm -hmm. to you as a horror fan he just leaned into the camera and winked a little saucy. But little he didn't wink do at that. Him. He didn't. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, that would not have made a very entertaining. No, movie. that would have made a horrible not movie. <laughs> okay, Joel, 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 you gotta let me have my whole point. Okay, there. all right. Then I, I want to make one. Then I want to make. Okay, one. But okay. after I am done. Okay. The point I am trying to make is that you cannot face the wink cut. The wink cut. That's what I want to see. It is, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. You can't make the last two thirds of your movie a wink at just the horror fans, not follow through on your premise, not realize your potential, not give anything to a general audience. You can't do that. Yes, I you can. That that's a valid argument <laughs> for that one extremely limited audience. But like you're sacrificing so much on the altar of that winking that it becomes putrid that that was the creative direction you went in. I adamantly disagree number one it's a horror movie well no it's a horror movie and so and it's a horror movie for horror movie fans and so a horror movie for for horror movie fans should nod to horror movie like like, uh, i mean the best movies that do that are also good horror movies brendan this is not a good horror movie 
Not well, no, I don't. Movie. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. There, I mean, again, a horror movie. I don't think no, because if it's hor- not scary, right? It fails in its premise, and the last two thirds of your movie is rushed in in just trying to lean on the weight of reference without even making. Well, it's real not references. just doing that; it's keeping us engaged. I mean, I think. What points I, after that keep you engaged? What are characterful? Oh, the, what's realizing all, the all, like, all of the points that we've that. talked about? The graveyard scene with the corkscrew where he says cop kebab. Cop kebab was like had us on the floor when we were watching this. I, I, you know, scenes like that where the where the 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 character who you thought was going to be interested in this woman and was possibly going to turn against his mother is just a raging psychopath with one-liners. And just you know, no all... build up to that whatsoever. Like to point out, well, so, I don't know. It I mean, does that all of a sudden? It, it, but it's a I farce. Mean, okay, it's not. It's can... not. It's not. This it... isn't like a sleek. Do you know what I mean the the reason that I this think isn't people... just a, a thoughtless farce? This is taking a good character and wadding it up and throwing it away and replacing it with a different character two thirds of the way through your script. Like, there's no way you can redeem that or argue that that's in any way beneficial to the movie. I thought I thought it was hysterical. Like I thought, I mean, because because if they had if they had if they had actually followed the vision of the film and taken it truly seriously and not done it in this sort of campy farcical way, then it wouldn't. I mean, it it would have just been a 1992 horror film that nobody would know it, about. It anymore. would have been committed to, and it would have been probably a really good schlock movie or I, a good B movie. I, I would say it is a good schlock movie. Let, let's go with your premise and say what they're. Mm-hmm. Tension was artistically mm-hmm. was to to build us up and genuinely get us invested in the third act, and then go like you know Evil Dead to nod and wink and wacky at the last two thirds. There's not enough energy in this movie for that. It's not no, it's it, not it's Evil a, Dead it's, Two it's, energy. It's, it's not evil. It's not Evil Dead Two energy. There's more of a balance in this movie. No energy. It, there's no balance. It's oh no, I disagree. Bad. There's definitely energy in this movie. Like there's there's lots of energy and there's lots of there's lots of interesting vibes and tones in this movie this is a movie that has a lot of feelings throughout it but it's it's i i I wouldn't agree with the the argument that it's got no energy i mean one of your chief complaints is that there's like a needless chase with with a sports car that's energetic like a a well i I don't know that it's boring i i think i think it's weird but i don't know that it's boring the weird parts are the best parts when it like the camera shifts to him and his face shifts all around when he vanishes the car at the end and i only like the cop in that scene and the fact he just kind of has a cat that's fine that's all Mm -hmm. horror movie fun and tropey that's great it's just the fact that there's these interminable shots of one car going and and the reverse shot and another car going (laughs) and reverse the shot and that car will go no but there is no but there is tension there there are scenes like where he almost hits the there's the school bus scene where he almost hits the girl out of the way if he rolled through there and that kid was hamburger i would have well, well, the it. thing is, they 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 <laughs> they they were just trying to get under the X ratings. They were having so much trouble. The original you edits excuses for this movie. No, no, oh, that's all a joke in the two third act. Oh, they didn't want the X no, no. Rated. I'm serious. No, I'm right, serious. They, they had no balls. I agree with you. No, that's no, that's that's legitimate. They because of the incest part of the movie, they were having a lot of trouble keeping it under the X. So they had to be very careful. If they had had a kid die in this movie, they would have been X rated for sure. 
because the, the the incest was already pushing them up. I'm not saying that they were going to do that. I'm just saying if they had done that, that would have put them into the X category. Uh, but uh, either way, it help them. This movie was a complete failure. No, it wasn't a so, failure. You're, you, you, it absolutely was wasn't. We got to agree, it was a failure. No, it was a financial failure because yeah, it was because because it's accurate. targeting a limited audience. It was targeting people like me that were. You know what I mean? There was a there was like a. I think it's got something like a thirty percent rating at Rotten Tomatoes, maybe even lower. I don't know. Pretty and, low. And, and and I would be willing to bet that half of those people that gave it a, a fresh rating were all people who gave it a fresh rating because they thought it was so terrible that it was entertaining. Whereas the other half were people like me that thought that, no, the, the the director was, well, no. So here's the thing the it's not that it's a genuinely like it, it, it's that the director is in on the joke. It's not a so good. It's bad movie because Mm -hmm. in order for it to be one of those, the director has to not have that intention. Do you know what I mean? Here, the director has the intention to make a farcical film. He's trying to make something that has these weird tones. It just goes into weird territory and is just doing weird shit and is is entertaining horror movie fans who are who get excited when movies do weird things like that. Do you know what I mean? And so, and all the while, I think being entertaining. I do think it's an entertaining movie. I think it's weirdly entertaining because it doesn't have. A lot, a lot of the complaints that you make, I think, are valid in the sense that some of the pacing isn't what you would normally expect in a movie. It kind of dips into like these hangout movie moments. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like we're there just going to sit with these characters. Where it's clear you're supposed to be doing something else. You know, I don't. I, and I don't want to say that that makes a movie indefensible because I mean we just did Puppet Master and I went to bat for that movie and that movie is a couple of parts like that, right? Like when they're crawling around the duck world. Oh, demonic toy. You mean demonic toys? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. demonic toys. The same yeah, movie. Same this is, you know, it's the same. It's but I went to bat for uh, Puppet Master and Demonic Toys. I loved them, and I loved them because there is a unique vibe to those movies and a yeah. unique energy to them. And like I, I wish I could say that about this, but like anytime it tries to be unique, it just, it feels like it's all an atonal mess. Like maybe the enthusiasm was there. I, I you definitely see energy on the part of the actress uh, whose name I will never ever even yeah, yeah. attempt. That's now three of us who have failed at your name. I would now. say I'm both sorry. actresses. The mom too was pretty energetic. The mom was really good. Yeah. Um, in in terms of committing to the role, I agree with you. Uh, but I, that's the thing. None of it all comes together. Uh, they they all become sour notes against each other. Even if any individual one would have been good, there's not. There's not an emotional through line to the movie. There's not a clear sense of like the anarchic fun that I see from some of the best movies that are aware of their audience. It doesn't have to be horror, but I mean, sure. I'll grant you that maybe, especially with that scene with all the directors, like that really felt like a, like, Hey, Fangoria, we know you're watching kind of moment. But Fangoria panned this movie because the failure of this movie is like I said, in the first place, there's no, there's no vision behind this. All of the scenes are really boilerplate. The structure of the movie is boilerplate. They have a leap motif on what was that? Uh, it was some kind of beach song that keeps oh, playing. Uh, it, yeah, no, so I cool. see. I love that about the the Santo and Johnny song, and the and when also done, the Enya song. Well, the, I thought it was done perfectly. Like, okay, that, that Enya song is terrible. We we've got to fight. No, it. no, that okay. Number one, that Enya song has been sampled by at least twice for solid hits, right? Like. The Fuji's which, did it, and then sample that. The Fuji sampled. The Fuji okay. sampled that, and then I forget his name. Mar- Mario something. He did. Uh, he did a song. It was very big in the early two thousands that sampled that same 
bit. It's a very. I'm not saying the sound wasn't unique, but I'm. But like, listen to that song play over the credits and I've, tell me what my the dad used to listen to. Enya. So number one, my dad used to listen to Enya, so I know the song. I, I, the song. I used to listen to Enya. Yeah. I'm not saying Enya's bad. I'm saying that song. If you compare it to other Enya songs, even and like I'm talking about. Like, Inya's a taste, right? She's yeah. an acquired taste. But I like Inya. I, I'm not going to just hate on Inya here. No, 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 no. I'm not like that. But I'm saying that even if you take that song and just compare it only to other Inya songs, it's way... No, way I would say it's her best say, song. I'd say that's her best. Okay. Like, I would have to I got, just... I'm going to interject with a comment on yes. this. Which is that when the movie started, like right before I turned the movie on, I was listening to music on a music app on my TV. And I got to end a song, I paused the music app, I jumped over to Amazon Prime, started watching the movie, and I'm like, why is Enya playing? Is my music app somehow still playing and it's playing Enya for some reason? Because I don't understand why Enya is playing over this scene of Mark Hamill talking talking to another cop. It just it just felt really discordantly weird to me no, over it- it that adds scene. to the weirdness, definitely. I'm not going to say it doesn't add to the weirdness. But I've always liked that choice for some reason. That was one of the things uh-huh. that helped sell me on the movie when I first watched it. It was just that the way that that... that I think they only use it like two or three times in the film. And that yeah, opening... Yeah, they do. It's, and like the, the, it's the theme of the movie, so... Well, I, I think you could debate whether that is or the Santo and Johnny song. I think Santo and Johnny, and Johnny seem to be played more throughout yeah. the movie. Or may, but, I mean, just... But I'm it's not sure. the characters. It's a leap motif. All right. the the, the general the, the theme of the movie is that Inya song, and then that what what is the that Johnny what Santo and Johnny Sleepwalkers Santo is the name and of Johnny. Yeah, but the name of I that don't... song is Sleepwalkers. That's why I think you could sure, also. Sure, but that's that's a it's a lead motif of the the two Sleepwalkers. Like that's their song. <clears throat> and it, there's something sort of. Oh, I get it. So you're saying you're saying the Santo and Johnny song is is a lead motif. Yeah, it's it's about. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I could agree with that. Uh, Whereas, like, the broader concept is covered in the Enya song. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I actually like the choice of that song, except it doesn't... Like, there's nothing about it that calls to a really, like, timelessly ancient past. These these creatures are supposed to be no, ancient no. Egypt, right? So, it is kind of a... And it is sort of a timeless song, but we have more modern songs that have a, a sound that kind of reverberates in that direction. It gets you in the mind of that. This makes it such a 50s kind of feel, you know? And like, yeah, everyone's listening to me. Because like it's like it's more of a 50s style movie. horror movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's. It's it's definitely a throwback. Do you know what I mean? Like, but. Yeah, it's just. It doesn't. Okay, but like in a great film or even in a decent <laughs> one, it would resonate in a way that was meaningful to the characters or our perception of the characters. It does neither. It's just the song they could afford, I guess. Or maybe well, I don't think no. So no, that that song would have been expensive because the last movie that was in before this that I remember seeing was La Bamba, and that was a big movie. I'd be willing to bet that I mean, if it's if it's in the original Stephen King story too, it's the kind of thing he would put in a story. Well, there there wasn't a story. This it was just a movie. Oh, this is just a screenplay. Yeah, he just wrote the screenplay. No, there was no short story at all involved in this one. Why would they want for it? I was saying it just it just. You know, Stephen King likes to put music in his stories okay. a lot, though. So I just feel well, like that was probably. But I'm thinking of Stephen King movies like uh, Christine, where the the music had such a texture that was important to the 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 movie. You know, a lot of his Stephen King movies do that, and I think it's great when he does it. And and this one, oh, yeah, I wasn't knocking it, but I, uh... yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It, it's it... not that it's uninspired; it's that the inspiration just doesn't work. 
There's nothing about it that clicks in your soul, and you're like, ooh. No, but nothing. see, I, that I had the opposite reaction. Those were the the two things about this movie I always remembered were the Enya song and the Santo and Johnny song, and they were always the two things I liked about the movie. When those come on, it's kind of like in a Tarantino movie when he gets the move, the soundtrack, and things kind of start How sort of dare going. You could pair Tarantino. It's a perfect comparison. <laughs> it's a perfect comparison. That it's opening terrible, scene with Enya this, is so at the Tarantino bad. level. It's, it's not. It, yes, it is. is. Not the Tarantino yes, level. Yes, like, it you're, is. you're embarrassing yourself. No, I'm not. Him. I'm not. I, I, I think. No, I think. I think the, it's the similar. The deliberateness and the genius of Quentin Tarantino's music choices. You're comparing. Sometimes to he just puts India. a cool song on over some cool stuff that's happening. Do you know what I mean? That's sometimes all he's doing. I'm not it's saying not, that you're wrong about yeah. that, but I'm saying that they emotionally resonate with the scenes they're attracted oh, to. Oh, these I think these did emotionally no. resonate. I just think that the emotions if, if emotion were very strange. Suicidal depression, I agree with you. That's it. This Inya song oh. is it, it doesn't connect. Right? Like in a I, really good movie it would connect and resonate. Where is the emotional connection with this Inya song? Is there some moment of childhood energy that like connects it to you like the star wars theme is is connected to george lucas's early i, I can't put my finger on, i mean mu music is tricky like it's really hard like i couldn't even say it that for star for star wars i couldn't say why certain things work with the exception of maybe can, but but with the imperial march i might be able to because that has such a specific feel All of the music right? in yeah. star wars has the feel it captures but, that nostalgic moment but also that's, that's different because that's like opera right like that's like a different Type sure, of but again, music, Tarantino does but... kind of the same thing. He's capturing a moment of genuine nostalgic energy with that stuff, and it's his. It's clearly and creatively his, but... and he realizes the whole thing, all the way from the music choice and the visuals to the impact on the audience. And maybe there was a vision that was being like aimed at by the people that were in charge of putting this this go-nowhere, depressing, monotone Inya song bookending this movie but all it does ultimately is link into my genuine disappointment with the film itself. Well, that's the only emotional resonance. The problem then is that you don't like the Enya song, though. See, I like I love the Enya. Enya and I no, like no, I didn't say you don't like Enya. I said you don't like this particular Enya song. I would probably like this particular Enya song if it was used creatively and well. It was, again, I, it's I thought it fit put together. I thought it fit with the whole, especially when they're trying to establish that this is well, like a horror movie. That's a good point. Fit. There's a lot of interesting cogs in this clock. The clock doesn't work because none of them fit. That's my point here. I, again, I think the the music for me fits. It definitely pulled me into it. It definitely created an atmosphere that was mysterious and strange for me. And and also, I thought it just. I mean, I I, I don't know why, but it worked for the whole cat thing for me. For some how reason. did the mystery of the premise? What was its resolution? For you in this movie, where did it reach its emotional climax? Oh no, it's it, it's not that kind of movie. I'm just saying. Oh, in da, terms da, 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 da. You can't weasel out of putting a premise out there and then it's like, oh, but it does. No, work. I'm saying in the opening That's scene. I'm Give saying in the opening. Out. No, because I'm saying in the opening scene, it connects me to the film. It gets me into the the whole thing they're trying to do at right. the very beginning is get you to buy into this being a standard horror movie of some kind. This is, okay. you know, it, it's like that, so that we're really going to give you a horror movie is what they're saying with that opening. And then scene. when they fail to deliver that, the justification they, when they, is, when they deliberately, you know, plant the movie. farce flag down, then yeah, it deviates what from that. scene in which it is unambiguously intentionally a farce to you. I'm sorry. 
what is the scene? Oh, when the teacher becomes... when the teacher shows up. That's absolutely the scene where it's like this is unmistakably a farce. Because and everything number... after that is just farcical. A lot of it is. I think that they kind of try to balance it out so that it's still a little bit ambiguous so at times. So they can't even do farce right. No, no, they're doing it right. They're trying Except to kind of get you to... Balancing. They do that, and then they balance it out, and it's like, oh, it's still kind of a real horror movie. Oh, no, this is farcical. It, it kind of teeters and saws a little bit like that. But I think in that scene... In what way is that, as an audience, in what way is that materially different than them completely failing at either farce or a horror movie? Oh, because all the notes were right. Like, that teacher scene is on point. The scene with the, the cop with the cat on is on point. For a different movie. No, it's right? on point for this movie. This it's movie not, worked. No, it's atonal with this movie. It's atonal for the no, last it's, and first half of the movie. No, it's totally in keeping with the tone that they decide on for this film from that point on. Th that's the thing, though. What tone? It's not. It's a scene that's almost comedic, and it has really dynamic camera work, and it revolves around a very energetic, cartoonish character. But everything about that dies with that character. Because he has a wacky death where his hand gets ripped off and there's a little pun. And he runs into a no. tree. And then they just abandon that. And the next thing you get is Ron Perlman being creepy, kind of, for like 30 seconds. Yeah, those and then, are... Oh, look, it's Stephen King for those like 30 seconds. Those kinds of scenes. Again, though, I Here, think here's those... a long, dragging... And right after that, there's 20 solid minutes of a pointless car chase that does nothing to advance the character. Nothing to add any kind of element of farce to anything. It's just there. And the rest of this movie is that. No, I mean, again, I think they're throwing in a fun car chase scene is what they're it doing. It wasn't fun. But, well, I, I, I enjoyed it. But I think that the, the you know, again, there's the, it doesn't die with that character. Again, you see it in the cemetery scene. The cemetery scene is almost on par with that scene. You see it but with the Ron Perlman why, character. Uh, you see it with the culmination. Hold on. You see it in the culmination, in the climax, when the sun is dying and just the way that plays out, the ridiculousness of it, where, the, you know, dance with my dead son. That's up there with I love my gay dead son. It's that kind of a scene. You know, the, the, the whole movie is these these it's the kind of stuff that these moments that I love to see in horror movies, or at least it, especially at that time where it's just like, wow, this is kind of, you know, crazy you know this is really over the top crazy and a little bit ridiculous and 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 again i think i think i think they again maybe it didn't entertain you maybe you didn't like the farce they were doing but i th definitely think that they settle on a very clear tone that the movie has and i think the tone is why so many people find it off-putting because it's not the you know the teenage horror movie that were promised at the beginning of the movie it definitely is like nope fuck that you know like i the the, the the director you know and, and, and like every interview i've seen of him is you know that's very clearly what he's striving for um you know is 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 something that is uh you know almost like i don't know what you would put like like it, it's 92 but it's still kind of residual 80s it is a very elements. residual 80s so the philosophical point i'm struggling with here is granted you may be correct does a well-realized bad idea make it better than it just being a poorly realized good one though no it's, it's not still a, garbage it's not a, it's not a well-realized bad idea it's a it's, it it's a rel it's, it's a well-realized fart funny it's, it's not entertaining well again and i never said it was i never said it was an a plus movie i said it was like a c I plus give this a passing grade i have well, to give this an f well i think i think i think you'd be the most hated teacher on campus you know and i think that this is a you gotta uh, rip my hand off buddy 
<laughs> I, I won't even take the 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 low hanging fruit that you just offered me there. Um, because I'll grab your low hanging fruit. That's what <laughs> that's this so I will admit that I like him a lot as an actor. And that I think that that, that scene good. was well done. I mean, I, but also I think the way that the movie just never attempts to explain itself and it forces yeah. it, it, it puts it all on the audience, right? Like you have to say, wait a second how is the mom feeding in all this? Do you know I mean? And there are all these kinds of theories that have emerged since then. I remember mm -hmm. hearing that, that when the mother and son have sex, that's when the transfer of energy to her happens and things no, like I, that. I think that's pretty clear. Okay. The, the, the subtext of the movie. Okay, I, so, I don't think it's, I don't think it's frustrating in the, it being vague. I think it's frustrating in that. But what about like, the, how did you feel about the magic powers, like changing the car and sh turning the car invisible and things like that? Did those seem arbitrary to you or do they seem, Oh, okay. Um, I mean, they, they did seem arbitrary in in terms of we're doing a send up of the vampire myth. Mm -hmm. I, I guess you could give them those powers. They don't really. There's not enough to the movie for me to like really critique them. And I think maybe okay. that's part of the reason that that I, I struggle to really like. I don't like this movie, and I don't like it because like the things that it does do, I sort of want there to be another twenty five minutes of movie so we can get something a little more resonant out of them. I don't think introducing the idea of fading or even introducing Ron Perlman as a creep character works if you just introduce them. And there's no real follow through. They kill Ron later. and It's a pretty cool death. Oh, he has but a like, great uh, death. He gets elbowed in the face by his own elbow. I don't know if he dies or not, but he gets knocked out at the very least. And he gets like a compound fracture in his forearm. There's the a lot. I will give that to this movie. Like, it, it, again, okay. it's frustrating because I want there to be more of this. But I will say... Some of the the mutilation and kills pretty gory. I mean, this is I mean, we we haven't even talked about the parents, right? Like the parents from Ferris Bueller's Day Off play the girls' parents in this. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, casting choice. It's a deliberate cast because it's, it's a farce. It's not. It's you know, it's it's all intentional. They they know what they're going for. That and is I such inside baseball of a joke, though. There's a lot of that in this movie. That kind of dad. Like... That dad is so memorable, though. It's really hard to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off and not I was remember. Say... I don't think Ferris Bueller's Day Off is inside baseball. That was well using that weird. as a as a signal to the audience that what you're doing is farcical, is though, right? Okay, because that uh, guy yeah. was an actor at well... this point. Like, why wouldn't you cast him as that role? It's it's not. He's just okay. So Mark Hamill's in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few really obvious things you can do with Mark Hamill yeah. that that signal to the audience that hey, this is a farce. Look, Mark Hamill. They don't do any of it. He's just a cop for like a minute. And then he's gone. All of the stuff that's supposed to be like farcical is like that. If it's what you're saying is true, if that's the real texture. It's, it's of this one movie, of the cool it's things. Real... It's like, hey, Mark Hamill is in this, but he's only in it for like 30 seconds. You know, it's like it's not 30. I guess it's probably longer, right? Like probably well, two, three minutes. It but can't it, be more than two minutes. Yeah. He's barely in it. But there's a lot of that in this movie where they introduce the idea, and then there's no follow through. And maybe that I don't know. But I think I you keep like expecting that from a farce, which is kind of like, you know, it's not the point. Farces like the... have follow through, though, you know, and you can't get away with. Well, it does. It does have a follow through. This. It has. I mean, it has a follow through in the climax, but the the climax <laughs> is 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 built on all that stuff. So it's not like it's not following through. It's just not going to follow through with the stuff that it's promising at the beginning that it deviates from. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to give you the. Adam, you look so depressed right now. Yeah. <laughs> You do. You just like. Ugh. Well, we've been going on for fifty minutes. Maybe we should give Adam a moment to, 
to to, to vent <laughs> okay, or rage uh, or say something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, do you want to release Adam? I think you've earned it. Yeah, I was gonna say I I don't know. I don't have as strong feelings <laughs> as either of you about this movie. <laughs> That's why I, we're fighting. You're not the I know. fight. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad we picked this as the episode where you two debate because it's like I, I just don't <laughs> well, have the depth of. What I, was I, your reaction to the movie, Adam? What was yeah, your, what was yeah, your, was, your honest response? Reaction, I do think it was a movie that opened better than it ended. Mm. I was actually during the first half hour or so, I was like, yeah, this is actually, this isn't <laughs> bad. I mean, it's schlocky, definitely mm. schlocky. Oh yeah. But I was just like, yeah, it's fine. But yeah, I mean. I never, I never grew to hate it to the degree that Joel does. But oh, by the I end, understand. I was like, because eh, I, I, I do agree that it, it with Joel and that it, it felt like it did squander a lot of opportunities. I mean, I already kind of, you know, chimed in on. I felt like, well, we could have gotten more Mark Hamill there, and I mean, Otho to uh, Shaddix, what's his name, Glenn Shaddix. It's like, yeah, I, I, I was like, when did, the whole after the whole classroom scene, I was like, ooh, what are they gonna do with this character? And then they brought him back, and then they just killed him. And I was like, oh, I, I, I was kind of hoping he'd be something more in this movie. But, because, uh, yeah, I mean, you could completely cut him out of the movie, and no one would notice, really, if he just, like, removed his two scenes. But uh, Well, I will say he's somebody that most people remember, though. So at least that scene he got. Oh, I know. Was... No, the scenes are good, my point being, though, that they don't. They don't really add anything. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They don't the, go the only thing that his scene really contributes is it amps up, like the see the car chase scene and the scene with him, are possibly something that amp up the the the. Yeah, they do. They do kind of lead to the the uh, you know the kid becoming kind of crazier, I guess. Yeah. So, which I, I don't know, or just but, this uh, building need for them to flee again. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, the people in it were good enough to that. I think that's kind of what carried me through the movie. It's like the the cast is good, and so it kept me invested enough mm-hmm. to uh, to get through to the end. But uh, but yeah, I was kind of hoping there'd be something a little more at the end. I mean, I. I kind I kind of enjoyed the very ending with her in the car with the cat. Just like it, it was, was just kind of a fun a weird... last shot. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that. So I guess that part of the uh, ending I enjoyed. But uh, I like that the boy didn't rise up and sub- give us a jump scare at the end too. That that, was... that would have been lame. Yeah. That that would yeah. Be... I, I'm I'm glad they carried through with him being like either horribly wounded or dead for the last part of the movie. I would like to point yeah. out that it is because a cat jumped on him in a truly ludicrous scene. Uh, well, it's where, like there's just a cat on him and he's flailing around. I here's the thing. I've been grappling with the larger philosophical point of your movie. Can we get to the point where it's actually just shitty, though, where like literally there are cats and the cats jump on them and it's the most adorable, stupid thing that that's their weakness. I mean, like I get that even if it's farcical, that's pretty pathetic. You know, is that directed to Adam or me? You. Oh, you're the one who's trying to defend. Well, (laughs) yeah, but you you were responding (laughs) to Adam. So that's why. So. No, I, I love that. I, I number one, I love that the that that's their weakness, because um, it it kind of does. No, no, I'll tell you why. Because they're cat like, and their weakness is cat, so it hints at some kind of bigger world that they inhabit, where there's this ongoing 
conflict between these two species for some reason. That would have been cool if the movie had actually fleshed it out. And so I've always been able to imagine that, and it adds to the experience of watching the movie for me. But also, I just I I love just the chaos of the cats going ape shit on. Like it's not chaotic though. It's it's oh, it's totally chaos. Wandering around here, yeah, here that is that is the issue is that cats are not the most cooperative performers yes, like there was yes. the cool shot where they run down the street i was yeah. like oh they actually yeah, got the like cats to do something but most of the cat most of the cat shots are just cats standing around well, and yeah. you know it's, why it's kind of they they had to put them in harnesses just to keep them I'm sure. in spot yeah i'm sure and it's like it's, I, you're you making know, more excuses for the movie no i'm not making excuses i'm just explain no because i don't think that's an excuse it's just background a, it's just a ex- but, uh, explanation of why the, the cats were even work, able to stay in frame. But it supports my it supports my argument actually, which is that working with cats is just a yeah. difficult idea in a movie. So I yeah I actually sure. feel it and, supports my point. And so uh, yeah, my point being, it's like if Stephen King had written this as a short story, the scenes of cats, you could actually make the cats act like cats naturally act when they're responding yeah. to things, as opposed to just kind of forcing it. But yeah, I, it's it's kind of a weird case you know our our recurring thing of wow practical effects work better than cgi i feel like cgi cats would have actually like modern cgi cats would have been better than the cats in this movie i i sort of agree with you but i feel like that's if you want this to be like a solid horror movie and i feel like what i was getting out of it was it's the scene where where you have like the doll on your face and you're reacting to the it's that kind of thing and so uh I don't. I feel like either going farcical or straight horror. I feel like you could you could have made the cats funnier mm. or scarier. They probably could have. They probably they probably yeah. could have. Um, but I but I did like the ending with the cats, and I liked the way that you know they burst into flames out. You know, and and also his prolonged death. The way that he, you know he just kind of something did like about his death. yeah. Uh, you it know, was sort of it was sort of miserable. You know, and like he didn't. There was it, no redemption for him he's just like no i i fucked this up and he was just lying on the couch dying for the last 30 yeah. minutes of the movie that, and that, honestly, that did actually work i, w- yeah, I was worked. actually kind of involved in the movie at that point again too but it it, it, it i kind of i don't know after that scene i i was kind of i kind of drifted away from okay. plot again. Yeah, his mom is kind of too invincible it's not clear how deadly the cats are to them and again maybe you yeah. can just chalk everything up to that, being a farce it feels inconsistent that's, that, no that's i think that i think a good observation observation about her being too powerful to an extent because i was i was kind of getting drawn into their story because they were so vulnerable yeah you know because what we'd seen of him and then when they start fighting her she's just like boom 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 nothing can stop her i was like like, oh it it actually reduced my sympathy towards them because i'm like oh she's really powerful but yeah i don't know they put a something in a rubber suit and set it on fire and like it doesn't like (laughs) run crashing through the house or anything. It just it kind of does circles in place. And then off camera, they extinguish it. And it's just the most pathetic ending. And sure, that's a farce. If by farce, you mean like completely disappointing. <laughs> I was very satisfied. I was very satisfied with the ending. I mean, I, again, I can sort of see the point about her being overly powerful that in one sense, that does seem like maybe they were trying to get like some kind of Hollywood climax to the movie that had action to it. But on the other hand, I liked her going to the parents' house and like just wrecking everybody. I liked seeing the guy get stabbed through the back with the corn. You know, like 
I was the, okay with the death corn by corn. Story. I thought was, corn. you know, yeah. and again, it kind of, I feel like that's a visual cue that this is a corny movie. Was, Do you know what I mean? That does, like, well, I was, I was saying the, the one liner on that, there, there were the one liners in this were, were pretty bad. It was, yeah, they, uh, they were, I even put that in my notes that these were terrible one liners. I like that you like, have notes. Oh, I took notes because I knew we were going to debate, but but oh, but the the, the one liners were bad. I think you, there's no getting around yeah, that. Yeah, her her one liner, it's like, oh well, you know, oh, no yeah. vegetables, no dessert. Yeah, and it's just like, but he ate his vegetables. He's eating corn. We've been watching him eat corn for ten minutes yeah. in this movie. What what that doesn't even make sense? And, and one of her one liners was just repeating what the people said that she killed. Right, like they said, is that the fucking win? No, that's not the fucking win. Was her one liner? That's not even a one you know but something about how bad they were yeah. yeah but you know what i mean something about how bad they were added to it for me it's like these yeah. are terrible one-liners you know this yeah i i, I it, once again i think i think it's a movie where mood enters into it a lot like mm. if i'd watched this movie with my friends in high school like you did i'd probably have a different reaction to it as opposed to so I, I think, you know, I think I think that's something to take into account. But. Well, I do think that was a factor. I think also the fact that me and my friends all felt like we were on the same page as the people that made the movie when we watched it. So mm-hmm. that, like, it felt, it just felt like, that, you know, like, it, it, we weren't really paying attention until that teacher scene. Up until then, it was like, ah, this is just something, you know, we've seen horror, we've seen every horror movie under the sun. And, you know, it was interesting to see Mark Hamill. The mood, the yeah. music is setting a cool mood. But then it was just kind of like, what the fuck? And then it, and then it drags for a bit. Like there is, there are, Joel is right. There are these sections. It's not like, it it's, it's it not like, it's not like it's peppering you constantly with the farce. It's like mm-hmm. it returns to seriousness and then there's more far. And so it's like, it takes a while for it to really register that that's exactly what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what we liked like, about it. You might it, call it an inconsistent, tonally confused mess if you were being generous. Well, if you were being generous, you would say it's very well paced and structured with the intent that's of kind of getting that. <laughs> no, I think, I think generosity in a, and just straight up. Well, no, not I don't think it's a perfect movie. I definitely think it has flaws, so I don't want to oversell what I'm saying, but I think what it is doing that it's trying to do, and I think this is why a lot of people don't like it. I think this is why Adam isn't that interested in the movie, for example. But what I think it's trying There's to do... no one is interested in this movie. <laughs> well, apparently 33%, which is, you know, not nobody, but certainly a smaller Um <laughs> Though it does have a cult following. That's worth mentioning. And again, the cult following uh, generally... Gonna, I don't want to get into the cult. This is news to me, and well, I want to hear about they, it. Okay, so. so they disagree with me. They, they think it's so bad it's good, mostly, right? But they have genuine affection for the movie. And the director's a good sport about it. He goes to screenings and, like, you know, talks at screenings and stuff. Um, but it has a following. It's got like a, uh, you know, it, it, which I didn't know about either. This, that was, I mean, I thought it was an entertaining movie, but I had no idea that it was a movie that people were still talking about. I, it was a movie I always remembered. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those kind of movies where I was like, ah, that movie Sleepwalkers. Every once in a while I'd think about it and be like, well, why did that happen in that movie? I remember this happening. I don't, I, I, I've always kind of wondered why. Maybe I'll go back and see it again one day to, to answer that question. But it was never the kind of movie that you like, you watched all the time, like The Godfather or um, yeah, it, or The Exorcist or something know. like that. I um, will grant, I will grant you in its favor. It is memorable. The weird immortal cat incest is is pretty unique. That, well, I, I, again, I feel like that's because it has a cool premise. 
I'm actually glad I watched it. I mean, I I didn't love the movie, but it was it was fine. It was just like like a schlocky movies go. I thought, yeah, whatever. It, it's it I, it passed the time. It it moved pretty pretty quickly. It, if I compare uh, this to the dentist, I got to give it you know mostly a passing <laughs> grade. Not quite as healthy for me. You yeah. see what I mean? Like the defenses of this movie, the strongest defenses are it's inoffensive or <laughs> it's a farce that doesn't work. Those are the no, I never said no, no. Guys. That's not my my argument oh. was not it's a farce that doesn't work. It's, it's I said it's a farce that works. That's what okay. I said. Uh, well, it didn't yeah. work for me or Adam. No, that's I fine. You could say that, you could say that, but you can't. You people that watch this, you could say two thirds of the people in in this podcast feel negatively towards the movie or whatever. I, but I what you can't say station of the audience. But what you but what, you know you're probably right. You're probably right. But what you can't say is that the best argument for it is that it's a farce that didn't work because. That's not the argument okay. that it's defending. So the best right. argument for it is it's a farce that didn't work two thirds of the time, provably. Yeah, I think I think that it's okay. a farce just, that, that didn't land. That on the record. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. This is a movie that's no. t- the again when it came out, I think it was aimed at a narrow audience. Do you know what I mean? I think it was aimed sure. at horror, and I think they thought that audience was bigger than it was. That's what I think happened. I don't think they set out to only that. please. You know, we'll we'll call it two thirds. That might be generous, but I'm mean, sorry, we'll one third, one third. Yeah, that, that's sure. That that yeah. term is fine. I I never we'll said that. Now you're just there. putting words in my mouth to 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 cast a shadow over what I'm saying. So, <laughs> well, I'm no. saying what I'm saying is, and you can you can revel in this victory that that is the single strongest argument I've ever heard that I actually will buy about this movie. Well, I'll take it. I'll take that. Like that's, um, <laughs> if that's enough victory for you, man, we can call this. I, I think for this movie, that's, that's a pretty big victory. I, I, you know, now, I, I think I'm this is a historic moment. You, because even if you are in that rarefied one third of true horror movie schlock connoisseurs, which clearly I'm not, I would still say it is mean spirited to, take a movie with this good of a premise and pull the rug out from almost all of your audience and rely on, it was just a joke, like an unfunny guy at a party. (laughs) Like, I honestly feel like that's mean-spirited at the absolute zenith of your argument. So here's the thing, the director, number one, I don't think that was the intention. I think they legitimately thought there were more people like me that would would like the movie. Like, I think they thought Stephen King is big, you know, all these uh, Freddy Krueger movies are big. There's definitely an audience for this. Um, but the director does kind of have a ball of a Paul Verhoeven vibe to him. I, he's American. Again, you're but comparing it to a man who is a no, genius. No, Paul Verhoeven no, no, is great. I'm not, I, oh, I'm not making the argument that he's anywhere near Paul Verhoeven as a director. You what I'm saying, these, no. He falsely legitimizing no, the movie. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. You're, you're jumping to conclusions. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm tying that to your point about how it could have just been a gag to pull over on the people who thought this, who weren't the inside horror movie fans. It's a, it, I'm actually supporting your cruelty argument. I'm saying, it, it, I'm saying the director is the kind of guy where I don't think he intended to do that, but it also wouldn't totally surprise me if that's what he did. Like, it, like if, if there was an interview where he says that, it wouldn't be a shocker. That's what I'm saying. Here, so I'm going to bend even further over backwards and assume that there was no ill intent on his part. Even if that were the case... You are probably the greatest champion this movie has ever seen. Like, no, no, there, not. there are no, no, definitely no, I, people that like here's it. Here's the thing, because I think this is it, effectively. Okay. I'm sure the people that love it more, but they cannot defend it more because they're wrong. But you are not wrong. <laughs> it may be that this movie is merely is merely a lampoon that I don't get. And okay, 
granted. In your opinion, as its greatest champion, most effective champion, <laughs> is it actually memorable and well-crafted enough that you'd really go to bat for it with anything higher than a C grade? Well, I said I gave it a C plus, and I said maybe I could see a B under the right. You know what I mean? Like, but just, it's definitely I'm for to me. Qualify it was, the limits of your victory for me. Here. It's always, like I said before, it's a film that I've always remembered. It's not a film sure. that I want to keep going back to constantly, like some of these other great horror movies. But it's always a film that I've had this strong memory of that sort of planted these sort of, I would say like some movies plant like seeds of curiosity that you keep returning to, where you're like, huh, this happened in this movie, and I've always wondered about this, and it kind of get you know, you kind of have questions or thoughts about it. It's that kind of movie. Um you know, I it, kind of feel like this movie, I feel like its reputation partly comes from the fact it didn't come out to like, what, 92, I think. Yeah. yeah and, and it's like, it's kind of late for this kind of movie. It's yeah, like, this was over. And I feel like, you know, I feel like if this had come out in like 1987, it would just be part of the standard 80s horror movie canon and it wouldn't be this huge point of contention even even with its flaws and merits aside whatever yeah. you think of it it would just put kind of be in that mix but by 92 this phase had ended which means i think by coming out and being a movie like that after everyone else has stopped it just got hammered yeah. in a way that it it wouldn't have well like I, a few years earlier i would agree with that and i think that a lot of horror movie fans were kind of holdovers like we were still listening to the older music we were still like the older music i mean like more like 80s style metal and stuff we weren't you know we had not transitioned into grunge and things like that <laughs> and so yeah. we, we were sort of resentful towards the 90s and that was especially true with horror movies and i think this movie was especially deceptive because it kind of had the gloss of a 90s style horror movie? Do you know I mean it had like like even down I know you don't agree with the Enya choice, but that choice is definitely yeah, more of a nineties. It's a very nineties oh, choice. Very yeah. 90s yeah. choice. And yeah, even the Santo and Johnny kind of felt the way they used that felt like they were trying mm -hmm. to establish mood the way a nineties movie does. Whereas if this was done if this movie had like the 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 synth bells and stuff instead as its soundtrack mm -hmm it would blend in with those eighties movies a lot more yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. Uh, but I also feel like this was kind of a trend. I think there was something nineties about it and that there is like a, there's a transgressiveness in this movie that wasn't present in a lot of those eighties movies. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, there is, there are touches here and there of that, but, but, uh, but it's, it's still pretty firmly in the camp of, of eighties horror. I think despite that, but... Okay, so I, I, are we wrapping up? I feel like I don't we've, know. I mean, I feel I like we've how... gotten down to the marrow of this. Do you have any other points you want to bring out? I um, honestly feel like, like I mean, look at this. Here's what we've come to, and I think that this is a fair characterization. Correct me if I'm wrong. So this movie, in any sincere way, is a horror movie famous, right? As a lampoon and a send up to like winking towards a horror audience. Two thirds of the time, it is a failure at that. And the remaining one-third of the time, it gets barely above a passing grade. And that's Sleepwalkers. I don't feel like I've legitimately lost the argument that this movie sucks. Well, no, you have. I may, because... have, lost the, I may have lost my lofty argument that it deserves to be personal memory, but I can't think of any redeeming reason to keep it. I think I think I think that I think you're kind of blurring things. Like, there's a big difference between it gets a passing grade and it sucks. Do you know what I mean? Like... 
I think that if if your argument is so torturous that only in this it, only in the one particular way you're looking at it, it only fails two thirds of the time, and in that one third, it gets a passing grade. I think that 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 ludicrous amount of suck and failure so outweighs that one tiny redeeming near kernel that is again not even a great kernel. It is a passing grade. That there's really. Well, I mean, is that, is that the best argument no, we could come I, to? No, because I think I think that's a flawed premise. Because I feel like what you're saying is, if a movie is designed to do something and does it, and it reaches the audience that it was designed to reach, that it's somehow a failure. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, if it reaches that audience and it burns in their minds as a truly great thing, like John Waters films do that, Rocky Horror Picture Show does that. Sure, that's a that's a success. This doesn't do that. Well, no. So here's the thing. I think I think that we're I'm not saying that this was like some great, great movie, but I think that there's definitely it, it definitely landed with the audience that it intended to. It didn't land so, like when I saw even, it, like when I first again, saw it, I probably would have given it a B or an A. Right. Like when I very first saw it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, years later, seeing it C, C plus, you know, that's sort of more the range I would give it. Um, but I, I don't think that that I mean, again, that, that's not a that's that's a passing grade. Do you know what I mean, that's not a. That's not a failure. It's a very... I mean, in what universe is a C a failure, right? Like, If two-thirds of the students in your class couldn't get higher than a C, I'd consider you a failure as a teacher. Similarly, if two-thirds... But that's not how art works. Art isn't for everybody. Art is, I am writing with this specific purpose in mind, and I am writing to a specific audience. And so it doesn't matter if, like, if 90% of the world doesn't get what you're doing, but the 10% that you're writing for get it... That's, that's, I'm making that's... my anti-Rotten Tomatoes argument. <laughs> that's why I hate okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Like, oh, that's a, yeah. It's only got a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, but half those people thought it was genius and the other half were furious. That means yeah. it must be interesting. But, you know. And I think that the issue isn't just... Because it's a binary with Rotten Tomatoes, right? Bad or good. So that's not really even that. I'm just talking about us. Out of the three of us, one of us would actually go to bat for this movie to give it like anywhere near like a passing grade. Yep. But like your best argument is that it is for a very, very rarefied audience. Again, because we're all horror fans here. There's no one going to debate that. But like out of the three horror fans you've got, one of them is like, oh, I get the joke. So you're the only one who's in on the joke. And yeah, yeah. even you are like, ah, it's an okay joke. Like, well, not, I mean, like, again, really 20, however many years have passed, the joke is old now. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to, you know, uh, again, I, I guess what what I find surprising is, number one, that it's still, it's this movie that has, like, cultural relevance somehow, even though it's negative cultural re- relevance, um, but that people had such a negative reaction to it. I, I was not exposed to that negative reaction when it came out. And so yeah, I only I... thought of it as a, you know, entertaining, you know, horror movie. Do you know I'm what I mean? honestly like, a little disappointed because yeah. I felt like it didn't go. live up to its negative reaction. I was just okay. like, this movie's going to... It's like, I made you guys watch, watch Street Trash. I thought, <laughs> what are they going to make me watch? Yeah. How how much is no. this going to be? I think, I'm I like, think, no, this is nowhere. This isn't Street Trash League at all. I think <laughs> the reason why people found it surprising with Sleepwalkers is because it's kind of a big-budget Stephen King-style movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Also, yeah, I think... Exactly. At the time, the incest thing was a big like that. I remember that, that was, was 
the thing everybody yeah. was talking about. In a post-Game of Thrones era, it's yeah. just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I, was, I was going around watching, like, negative reviews of it just so I could get a sense of what Joel's arguments might be. And uh, and one of, the, one of the guys was watching it. I think he said, you know, take that, Game of Thrones, at the moment. Yeah. That the, yeah. <laughs> I'd say but, I was actually, during the first scene with them, I, I was actually a little confused because, you know, they, they clearly kind of set up during the first scene with Mark Hamill that it's like, oh, okay, they're, you know, those people that had, like, disappeared from that house. Yeah. I thought, okay, they're, these sleepwalkers are impersonating these people. Yeah. And so I thought, I thought, okay. So at first I wasn't actually clear that they actually were mother and son. And I thought, okay, they're a couple and they're masquerading as mother and yeah. son. And just kind of playing on that as being a sick joke kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, they are actually mother and son after a couple of scenes. So yeah, like, it's 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 definitely kind of like unnerving and a little creepy. But I think it also yeah. was kind of good world building because these are like feline type creatures, and so well, I have to say, even yeah, even being cool. a post Game of Thrones jaded person, I thought, well, they're not humans, so yeah. it's like I'm not actually offended in any way because they're not. <laughs> it's a it's a human yeah. taboo. I don't yeah. care if these people well, well, not even I don't know whatever do it. It doesn't. These non people do it. Doesn't offend I, me. It was unsettling, and like I would have loved to have seen the movie lean into the creepiness. I would have loved this movie to have had the balls to have been genuine. It wasn't, and I think that it's. Like I said earlier, I think they sacrificed too much of what could have been an actually good horror movie on the altar of linking to the audience. And I don't think it was a good sacrifice. I feel like that was a bad move. I feel like th like that could have been really creepy in like a Twin Peaks way. They even had a Twin Peaks actress in this. Yeah. You know, it could have been genuinely scary or unnerving or really memorable. And it just it didn't stick the landing on that. So it was like, no, it's a joke now. Or well, it was always a joke, and it took all that it, cool premise and made certain that no one would ever make a movie. I think out of it's. It again. I think it sort of started serious and then became a joke as the movie went on. Do you know, I think that's kind of like 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 a lot of the movie? I think that's sort of what happened. I really it. wanted to be yeah. sincerely entertained by this yeah. movie, um, and I maybe if I'd been on the joke, I would have had a more sincere entertainment. I wasn't on the well, joke. It's one of those things where like a lot of these movies that like the experience you have with a lot of horror movies, it has a weird premise like that, but it's done seriously. But the next day mm -hmm. you're laughing about it with your friends. Cause it's so ridiculous. Sure. You know I mean? But that's my that, right as a guy to lampoon yeah. so, a movie for being ballsy so to be genuine. The director the is just beating you to the punch. He's just beating you to the punch. But that's on that. cowardly. It's you not, know, it's not cowardly. Like, it it's, is, it's, it is cowardly because he didn't have the balls to go through with the kick-ass fucked up creative vision of incestuous cat vampires and god damn it i'm owed my cat vampires brendan well he doesn't get to laugh before me just because he made the movie fuck you buddy have the balls I, I to make a really good shitty movie or i think a really again, shitty shitty movie he had the understanding of what he was doing that that's how it was going to be received so he leaned he, you know, into he it. is this motherfucker is the guy that sells you pot and then sits there and smokes half of the bowl with you <laughs> Fuck that guy. That's my argument. Yeah, I, mean, I paid for that pot. Get the fuck out of my house. He dude. also does look like somebody that would sell pot, to be honest, this direction. And then smoke half of the Greek <laughs> son of a bitch. I, I, I'm that pretty sure... I, I mean, I could definitely imagine drugs being a factor in the production of this film as it well. Stephen King yeah. perish the notion. But the thing that's funny <laughs> about it is Stephen King is always associated with cocaine, and this has much more of a... I don't know, uh, an opioid-type vibe to it. <laughs> <laughs>
like the lazy Santo and Johnny song. You know, it's, it's just this sort of like, you know, this lethargic, you know, ah, it's a sunny day and I'm not doing anything kind of a song, you know. Um, but but the, I guess uh, one, one point I did want to make is I think how this movie lands might also hinge on your feeling towards cats. I was wondering mm-hmm. about that. Um, I love cats. And actually, I, I just lost my little cat. Uh, she she ran away a couple days ago. Adam, so. where do you land on cats? What's that? You want my opinion on cats? Yeah, are you pro um, or anti-cats? Are you allergic to cats? And you can't be in between. you got to be in one camp or the other. Pro I or anti I swear to God you're allergic to cats, aren't you? I am allergic to cats, <laughs> and I like cats. Okay. I Did like you cats. I, about him? I, Our mutual friend, Adam, who you know much longer. Yeah, I uh, no, I the thing is, I I can as long as I take like some kind of allergy medication, I don't have a problem. I don't have like a severe allergy. It's just if I'm around cats for a few hours, I kind of start to feel it. But so yeah, it's like I've I've lived with people with cats for years at a time okay. as long as I keep <laughs> keep medicating myself. But yeah, I like cats a lot. I just I just most of the time I just have to be a little cautious about cats. That's all. So, How do you feel about I, cats, Brendan? I can't stand cats. I hate cats. <laughs> I like dogs. I'm a dog person. I like, I like dogs. dogs too. I'm just a I, yeah. I, Cat, I don't cats know. bug me. I had one cat that I liked. I had one cat that I liked, and every other cat I ever had was just a huge disappointment. And I just don't like cats. They're just so your experience with cats is the opposite of your experience with the movie, but identical to my experience with the movie. <laughs> well, I had a demon cat. That that I'll, I I don't want to hog up the podcast talking wait, about. But wait, I no, you can't introduce that and not give it to our audience. Give us at so, least a little. Okay, of the so I had this great calico cat with three legs that was just an angel. It was just like it had a good temperament. It was friendly and all these things. And when that cat died, I was like, well, I need to get another cat because I like that cat. And I got this black cat from um, what do you call it? like the shelter? I don't know what the cat shelter mm-hmm. is called these days, but a cat shelter. There were visible signs when I caught the cat that something fucked up happened to this cat before it ended up in the shelter. Do you know what I mean? It just was cagey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we just, you know, we didn't, I didn't realize how bad a bad cat could be. So we brought the cat home. Cats can and, be pretty bad. Yeah. And, and some oh of the my cats, God. They are capable of great evil. And so. it wasn't just bad. It was smart and bad. And that's what made it oh, even yeah. worse. So this cat yeah. would get up every morning and bite me in the toe. That's how I knew it wanted to eat. It would bite me in the toe to let me know it wanted to eat. And then it would turn on the lights with its paw. It would climb up on the little thing under the light switch and flick the... I've never seen a cat flick a light switch before. This was just an evil cat through and through. <laughs> and and it, it, I had so many claw marks on my body from... The, it would just like... I would be laying on the couch and the cat would just run over me and claw me, claw me up. You know... It, it it, it it attacked my dad on multiple occasions. It it, it was, you know, it, it would it would be friendly for two seconds and then become you know aggressive and mean. It was just a horrible horrible cat. And on on top of it all, I named the cat Abigail because I was into King Diamond at the time. And it was a black cat, so I figured Abigail uh-huh. would be. A, you know, <laughs> and I didn't realize what I had done in giving it that name. <laughs> so, so, so. That completely turned me off to cats. And then on top of that, I've known people that have, like, gone overboard with cats. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of... Well, yeah. yeah people you know. can go See, the problem, up. Brendan, is that you don't understand. That cat was a parody cat. You only thought it was a real cat. And all that stuff you hated about it, so you should have appreciated about it. 
<laughs> that was well done. I have to give you that. Well I, I yeah. set you up with the story. You thought I was being sincere, but that was part of the joke. Yeah. How do you feel? Don't don't tell people about the just 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 take the win. Don't don't tell me what you did. That lessens it. <laughs> yeah. I will say this movie is is right about cat behavior though, because as someone allergic to cats, cats just love to approach me, sit in yeah. my lap, and they just, you know, and it's like, which which is nice. I like like that I like cats, mm. but they if if I am just kind of in a mood where I'm like allergic, it's like oh the cats all want to come mm. towards me. So the way the cats are all drawn towards the sleepwalkers, I'm mm. like, yep, that's exactly <laughs> what cats would do if they were beings that were like just murdered by the presence of cats well i did i liked how one little scratch was just seemed to be you know just like that there's the these powerful creatures can be undone by something that weak and feeble of a good movie um you remember the part in sin city where the guy gets his hand cut off and he's like this is a career ending wound i i didn't finish sin city i fell asleep because it was late (laughs) i've never actually seen sin city oh man you guys gotta watch it with me is it's not it's not great, but it's fun, and there's a few I, very fun moments like there, that. There were a few movies like that that came out, and I could just couldn't quite something about the way they were done. Like I, mm-hmm. I saw the yeah. merit in what they were doing; they were good. I just couldn't. I, I just kept getting tired and like falling asleep whenever I watched those kind of movies. The, uh, the only one, the only I don't know if it's related to them, but the only one the movie that felt kind of like that that I liked was Three Hundred. But the other ones, Three Hundred was pretty rad. Yeah. Um, is that connected to those kind of movies, or no, am yeah, I mistaken? Frank Miller wrote both of those. Okay. Yeah, the, the, there was a weird spat with Frank Miller uh, during that part <laughs> of the Oddies. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird time. It was a weird time, yeah, but definitely three hundred. I definitely enjoyed. Um, but that, and I think that's what I thought. I think that came out, and then that, uh, then Sin City came out, if I remember. And I thought mm-hmm. I would like Sin City, and I think Sin, no, I think Sin City was a forerunner to stuff like oh, that. It was, it was okay. pretty early. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. a surprisingly old movie. And I'm mistaken, but I probably saw it after I saw 300. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. But I but I liked that the uh, the other thing I liked about the cat weakness was how it allowed the mom to just the mom just obsessively always looking out the window and being afraid of. I don't know something about that part of the movie I liked. Um, you know, I don't know why. It just I just thought you know just the, that she was so preoccupied with that it was entertaining to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I yeah. enjoyed that in the early part of the movie, definitely. But the the other thing about the movie I like <laughs> yeah. that came out that came out. It's uh, fair. Well, we've been going I, on for I like liked a... that in the early part of the movie until I realized it was garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. welcome to Sleepwalkers. No, I get what Adam is saying. He thought he thought he was in for one thing, and it wasn't the thing that he thought he was in for. Um, yeah. In fact, he was in for nothing but disappointment. <laughs> but uh, I also the other part of the movie that always intrigued me was how it's about it's basically almost like about uh the creation of folklore do you know what i mean it's got this like it presents itself as existing folklore do you know what i mean and Uh i like that and i like that yeah i i yeah that is that is kind of a cool aspect of it i will give you that in a good (laughs) movie that would have been awesome (laughs) you know because well you're thinking about good movies where it was good every vampire and werewolf movie is that and this movie it had the potential to have been good but instead it made a non-joke about the premise well it's no but it's kind of it's like a parody of werewolf and vampire movies as i you know it's like it's like that's sort of you know here's a bunch of made up stuff about about a you know meat creature that we've made up 
and here are the rules that we've arbitrarily decided on you know it's just that hmm. kind of a thing um except now it's cats instead of you know <laughs> I, I will admit if they i feel like again this movie could have been great if they leaned a little harder into that i think it would have been funny it would have been a really well, good setup i think i think what the director said is he wanted what he was trying to convey to everybody that was on it was they were shooting for more of an american werewolf in london type thing but mm. i think there were a lot of cooks involved in the making of this movie that i believe that yeah, actually yeah, yeah. So, this does sense. feel like a a product of group think. Yeah, so there, there were definitely... Like, I know that the way that the monsters looked was supposed to be a little bit different, but people from, like, another department in the film were like, well, if you make them orange, we can do the lighting in this way. And the original thing was more translucent and kind of cool-looking. Yeah, um, been red. Yeah. Uh, I don't so, know that that alone would have redeemed the movie, but it certainly would have been more visually striking. No, but, but it's an example of one thing where there was yeah, a change yeah. in... And I think there was a lot of that going on. I, I've often even suspected, like, I like the Enya and stuff like that, but I kind of have a feeling that somebody at the, you know, at the studio like might have, yeah, might have been yeah. like, we need to have, like, an opening theme song for this to set them. You know, like, I just feel like some of these decisions were not necessarily the directions. I don't know which ones were or weren't. Um, yeah, I, but I don't. I don't know. It's one of those things like when a mob attacks someone and like they die and you don't really know who to assign blame to. Like you can't really assign blame to the mob, but it is the mob's fault, isn't it? I'm fine with this movie being the mob's fault. I mean, not the mob, mob, but you know what I mean? The group of morons who stampede towards the same awful conclusion. Well, well again, I mean, we, you know, we've beaten this into the ground, but like I, I would disagree. I would say I would say it's the mob's fault that it didn't achieve the level of being like a B or an A. But, you know, it, that kind of kept it from over, you know, getting past the sea hurdle for me. Um, but but because I do think that if they if they had squeezed a little bit harder on some of the, you know, some of these things, it, it would have been like like I can, yeah. I can give a perfect example. And this is one where the studio didn't get involved. It was. A, well, I don't know. Maybe they did. But it sounds like it was the director's decision. The scene in the graveyard. Apparently, there mm. were way more jokes in that scene originally. So there mm. were a lot of jokes in that one. There's this cop kebab. There's the the, the wine opener and the eyeball. You know, there's the, there's you know even things down to like how the cop gets shot is like a little bit goofy looking. But he was saying that that the um that the uh, the Charles character had like way more funny lines in that, but they were detracting from what he wanted the scene to do, and so he took those he took the the lines out. So they. There, there is this alternate universe where a much more comedic version of this movie exists, I suppose. A more clearly parodic version. Yeah. Again, though, that's going back to that point where the guy wouldn't commit to it. If he'd done that, well, it would have been clearly parody, and more people would have gotten the joke, and there would have been a softer like reception of this movie. But his, his, his explanation for what he was trying to do is he said he wanted it more balanced. So, you know, he didn't want it. it, I, it, it again, I, I think that. like I think I think that what you're saying is true. If he leaned into the comedy, yeah, more it, people would have gotten it for sure. And it probably would have it probably would have been a bigger hit, maybe because it would have been so zany. Right. But I think that he was trying to make something that was more like, eh, what is this exactly? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think what? I think he was kind of trolling, even though trolling wasn't really a thing at the time. Why? trolling is such a human phenomenon you know you can't say but but, but you know what i mean it wasn't a concept that i would have been aware of as an audience yeah 
you would have uh, you might have said like taking the piss or something. Even yeah, that's not quite yeah. the same thing as trolling. But no, I, I think you're right. This is a man, and if if true, is a pioneer of trolls. But I don't know that I'd want to lay that evil at his feet because I don't <laughs> think there's any spite. And in, in, well, again, I'm, I'm going to assume there was no spite in the reading. But here's no, my point: in I, seeking that balance, he achieved mediocrity, and that is not to be commended. Well, I think he achieved entertainment at the sea level which you could call mediocrity for sure i mean i, I don't i mean you know again it's i'm not going to say this is a great great movie so i'm not going to make that i'm just saying it's not a terrible movie well, um, well, the, the point we set up was that i have to make it so the movie is effectively yeah. indefensible yeah. to really claim this is a victory yeah. and I don't know, man. I, if I haven't materially made this indefensible at the end of this slobber knocker of an argument, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that it is truly indefensible. Perhaps well, there is just enough redemption for it to crawl across the finish line. Um, here's what I would say: rises it a little bit above mediocrity. Like I, I think it's it's a C movie. Like I, the reason why I said C plus and not C is because it's interesting. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's got some interesting things going on, and mm. and and it was memorable to me. So that's that's one step above mediocrity. Do you know what I mean? That's like what like a, yeah. That's where it gets the I plus from. I would agree from. with that too, because I mean, like I said, I, I'm kind of glad I watched this because there's interesting ideas in there that I've taken away. It mm. didn't execute all the ideas yeah. to my satisfaction, but I feel like. Yeah, because there are movies you watch them like you know a lot of slasher movies from the '80s where you watch them and you're like, I got nothing out of yeah. it yeah it was just it you was just of slashers it was just poor gore well, effects for a while of teenagers and mm-hmm. blah whatever well, there were a lot of slashers though that's the thing that gets i think yeah. adam's talking about the he's talking about like the sleepaway camp movies and like yeah the boilerplates yeah yeah well that's um, this movie to me this is a boilerplate stephen king movie it doesn't commit to its weirdness enough it doesn't commit to its parody enough yeah, I, I don't know. Sure. Would you say boilerplate see, Stephen right. King movie? I mean, I, I could certainly see uh, your other criticisms, but boilerplate Stephen King. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If, like I said, I wouldn't call this boilerplate exactly either because it is it is this this movie went directly to his cocaine fund. I'm telling you, there's just I don't know by '92, but uh, I think he. Uh... <laughs> I, I want to show everybody now that the the Stephen King trailer to Maximum Overdrive, where he's talking about how much he's going to scare you, and his eyes oh, look yes. so coked up. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. well, he's, he might scare me in that trailer then. I mean, the trailer is scarier than the movie, I think. You know, but just, like just seeing a man ruining himself. I, I actually had a friend who really loved Maximum Overdrive growing up. He just I, talked hand about to God, it. so did I. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, some people that movie resonates with. Well, I think I think it's maybe people who like trucks and schlocky horror movies. That's like the perfect, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's a pretty description of my friend, too. I think you're right. I think there and I think there's an overlap. I think there's like a monster truck. Yeah. Kind of overlap, you know. Um, and like the people that go to monster truck rallies, watch Maximum Overdrive, and they're like, hell yeah, mud flats with naked ladies on them. You know what? Power to them. I'm not going to disparage someone's genuine passion. Maybe this is that movie Unless for people that who hate passion cats. passion is for sleepwalkers. <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> I can only imagine the misalignment of the human consciousness that results in genuinely and in no way ironically loving this movie. 
Well, you know, and that's that's the point that I was trying to make. Really, was just that it, again. I wasn't saying it was great. Just that it can be enjoyed unironically. That you know, in the sense that the director is in on the on on the joke that's happening. I feel like that mean, makes it ironic. Like if if the uh, last two thirds of your movie is you winking at the audience, you have to by the structure of that assumption. Maybe. Enjoy it ironically. I, I feel like I, I mean, maybe I'm just using a different definition, but to me, enjoying a movie ironically means the movie was intended as something, and I'm enjoying it for an, a, another purpose. It's okay. not, do you know what I mean? I'll give you that. Uh, if the purpose, but again, I feel like it diminishes that just because it's in on the joke of how bad it is. Well, I don't think it's a joke that it's bad. It's a joke that it's, uh, you know, Insincere. It's committing. It's committing to this sort of. We're just going to make a farce. Like we're going to take all these like extreme elements and kind of, you know, that's going to be the the entertaining f- features of like, the movie. I do like that somehow in the middle midst of this horrific knockdown drag out argument about whether or not this movie is worth anything, we managed to review every part of this movie down to the barest particle. Did we? Yeah, I, I I, did yeah. we? Did we miss anything? We missed. We sure. missed. We missed the. We missed the high school scenes where she's talking with her girlfriends. That was kind of a, you know. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. those being in yeah. this movie. I'd forgotten those. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's the not delivery it, there. I'd forgotten those. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe... was happy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the blissful that's, ignorance. That's uh, my review of this movie. I'd forgotten I, it, and I was happy. I feel. I feel like. The, I feel like. I feel like the thing that really got slighted the most in this discussion was Ron Perlman's appearance. That's the one that really, you know. Uh, I no. We mentioned how disappointing it was. No, that's what I mean. Well, I mean, I liked the appearance, but I, I was. I, I, I thought. I thought you know, that would like, entertain you. That was something that I thought would entertain. If it had been Arlie Ernie, it would have. But it wasn't. If what I didn't. Hit, I didn't catch that. If it had been Arlie Ernie, it would have been entertaining. Okay. Because that's that was who they really clearly wanted to cast in that role, but they managed to take Hellboy and miscast him. And something. Well, he wasn't Hellboy at this time. At this point, he was the caveman from uh, was, Quest for was, Fire, and he was, he was like the, the hunch beast from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hunchback uh, in um, wasn't he a hunchback in Name of the Rose? Am I mistaken? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I'm, I'm just saying that. Not, not, not that name of the rose was as <laughs> big, notable big, yeah. as some of these other things to people. That uh, it meant something to me. But it meant something to me. How big was was Beauty and the Beast really big? I can't remember how huge. I yeah, remember. I mean, it was like it was like Beauty and the Beast that TV series that one yeah. about the you know. No, the, I remember the series. I just don't oh, remember how big it was. The right Beauty and the yeah. Beast here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but basically uh. Yeah, that was I, I don't know. I I wasn't something I watched, but I remember it being like super popular for one season and then like Linda Hamilton left the show and Ooh. they made it about how she was murdered and their child was <laughs> murdered and this romantic series became about the beast going out to get revenge and, and nobody who watched the show wanted that. So. That is such an like late 80s move for a show. There were some really weird shows on at that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Dallas is kind of the er example of that, isn't it? But yeah, but Dallas is early like '80s. It might have even been late '70s. I don't know. I, I remember really? seeing. Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing ad- that time No, frame. <laughs> I I remember seeing advertisements for like who shot Jr. in like the the earlier mid '80s. I think um, hmm. at the very least, I remember seeing there was an ad with Jr. in the pool, 
and a shark fin starts coming at him because there was a Jaws movie coming out. And I think it was probably around 1983 that that ended. 1978. 78 was when Dallas started. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. But I'm thinking like stuff like Moonlighting, Gary Shandling Show. Um, there were weirder was... ones even. Sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like it, that. there was definitely this creeping weirdness through the '80s that like led into the '90s. It yeah. was, it was like it, it was gradual there. Yeah, I guess Twin Peaks and Northern Exposure were sort of like the the fruit, right, of those. Yeah, trends. well, Simpsons too was also 1990 oh, yeah. as That's well. That's true. That was when it really, really started to yeah. explode. Though it did, it did first appear on the Tracy Ullman show in the eighties, as I remember. Oh, I know, yeah. but maybe, yeah, when it became when it became okay. its own show, is when it really. Gentlemen, how, okay. how much of this conversation are we going to subject her on? It's okay, show. all right, uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Uh, all right, so, Adam. Uh, I feel like we made as much arguments as either of us as the energy to make about this yeah, uh, movie. Yeah, I'm agreeing. What is your final verdict as the grand arbiter of this horrific battle? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I set myself a lofty goal with the assumption that I may fail. I've been as generous as I could. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I've got to say I, I've leaned a little more towards Joel's points than uh, Brandon's okay. point on this one. So all right, we'll give it to Joel yeah. then. Give it to Joel, and uh, so it is. It is now established forever. That, that sleepwalkers has no merit well i won't go that far i would say in this debate i i failed i failed to conclusively persuade adam that that it that it that it you know had merit i think is Look, the... no, I, I, honestly that's the case forever now it's complicated on how to judge this because we, we you know it's like, as to it having merit, there were things I did like about the movie, so I can't say it has no merit, but I did tend to agree with more of Joel's arguments as the well, debate went well, on. That's, so but that's what this was about, so... Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. That's what we I'm all saying. knew what was going to happen to this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, okay, I, I do feel myself far more won over after looking at this as a parody. I still feel like it's not a good parody, which is... Yeah, that's that's the thing. The jokes just didn't land for me well enough. That that uh, I don't know. But well, uh, no, and the jokes were definitely weak. Like the jokes were uh -huh. there, but they were not. You know, like I even had to know like the one li like the one liners were bad. They were definitely bad. There's no yeah, there's no I getting kinda, around that. You know, what? I sort of compare it to. I know this is going to be a weird comparison, but do you remember the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie that came out about a decade ago? I yeah yeah okay. All of the stuff from Hitchhiker's Guide was faithfully in that movie, and I didn't laugh once. There were no yeah. jokes. There were butcher jokes. There were subplots and characters that well, were nonsensical and off-putting. The whole thing was just a, a catastrophic I, nothing of a movie. It was such I, a mess. I have a mm -hmm. lot of trouble judging that material because the first time I ever heard it was the radio broadcast, and that burned... Uh -huh. Arthur Dent and Ford Prefect in my mind as being a certain way to the point that when I read the book, I heard them as those two actors. Uh -huh. And I was they book did... first, so okay. So you were well, the book well, first. By the way, the just to be clear, the radio play was older than the book, though. Just yep. Uh, yeah, so no, that's I, I. I don't. I. I think I heard the radio play before the book. Yeah, oh, I, I know. Like, I, I just. I was just yeah. stating that just yeah. in case anyone was listening. Canonically, the case. Didn't know that. Um, they also but, had a Zork-esque game on the Commodore 64. Yes, they did. I had that game, yes, yes. <laughs> and so, I, so. We're all old men, people. 
Actually, that was the f- I, I encountered the game first because I remember yep, being terribly confused because if you don't know the story, you have no <laughs> idea how to, how to do anything. I, 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 yeah, trying That'll to complete that game with, without knowing anything would be uh, very challenging. Um, but uh, but what ended up happening was when they did the BBC version of the movie, they only cast one of those actors. And I think it was the Arthur oh, Dent no. character. And the Ford Prefect was played by another guy. And his his pacing and the way he spoke was totally different. And so um, all the Arthur, Arthur Dent jokes landed for me. But all of the Ford Prefect jokes felt like they were falling flat because I was expecting them to be delivered the yeah. way the guy in the radio program delivered them. And the yeah. same thing happened times ten when I saw the, the movie that came out. Because it was just kind of... The movie? Man. Yep. That that, was... That's... That's Sleepwalkers to me. I came into it with high expectations, and even if I had lowered them to the point where I was like, maybe it's making fun of it, it still doesn't work. It's just not, it's wasting my time. I haven't seen that since it came out, so I don't know if I could Neither give a I. fair assessment of it. <laughs> but I, I but... remember the feeling of disappointment and the frustrating mediocrity, and that's the Sleepwalkers vibe. It was just like, it's perfect that this monotone Inya song plays you out of that movie, right? Or it's just like, nah. Well, the difference is, going nice. into Sleepwalkers, I had fairly mid-level expectations. Going into Hitchhiker's Guide, my expectations were much that higher. That didn't help. Yeah. That didn't help. But, I mean, like, even even just going into it with the expectation of giving it a genuine chance, maybe this one time, I still found a way to hate this movie. I mean, I don't. I I was surprised. I thought I thought you would at least enjoy it as a bad movie. That's where I. That's what I was expecting it, was going to happen. I I honestly wish I could have. I promise you, I sincerely tried to enjoy it any way I could, <laughs> and it just kept finding ways to hurt me. <laughs> Without any hate that's... in my heart, I can declare this movie the worst movie I've seen in many many moons. That now that is a bit like. What's the what's the worst movie that I've seen? I don't know what the worst movie. The worst movie I've ever seen is Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, hands down. That's the worst. That'll movie. be our next one. I'll I'll argue pro that I movie. Maybe, I don't know maybe if, I'll hate it. I don't know how available that one is. Um, cool. It'll be a, it'll be our holy grail. Maybe we'll tease it for the rest of our lives, and then we'll all die before we review it. And I, I would say fun. a close second would be Meat Market, though that has some redeeming quality. That gets into the so bad it's good quality. I remember oh, you talking about Meat Market before. Yeah. We gotta set up our next one of these. This oh, Meat Market is just <laughs> I don't know. I mean Meat Market is a different they're both fairly low budget movies, but Meat Market is low budget in a way that movies couldn't be in the seventies. Do you know what I mean? When when Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things came out. Like there was a there was a there was a, a bottom that you hit with low budget back then. <laughs> you, you know, but modern technology allows for even deeper levels of low budget you know, after the nineties, do you know what I'm saying? And that's how oh, you're right. Yeah. There, there is a, there is a new low and they dared to plummet. They okay. dared. Um, they dared. We may have to check that out. We may <laughs> have to have a worst movies of all time month now. Okay. So putting a bow on it, here's, here's my argument for how we end this. Let's all actually end with our favorite part of this movie. That wasn't Dotho. Cause there's gotta be okay. some diamonds in the rough and maybe they were ultimately frustrating or whatever. But they had a sincere moment of joy, and I'll even I'll even I'll offer this olive branch 
to this this putrid waste of my time of a movie. I really like that actress whose name none of us could pronounce. I think that damn it, that was mine. Well, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Number I'm one, taking her. She she's yeah. gorgeous. But not only that, she has a one a wonderful presence. Yeah, and she commits yeah, I would agree. so sincerely to this movie. It's not worthy of her. But when she's in it, I'm a little bit less miserable. <laughs> there you go. That's my positive. I stole it from Adam. That's how few there are. <laughs> he stole the one ray of sunshine. <laughs> She's mine now, Adam. Stay away. Her impossible to pronounce name. It's probably something really simple, by the way, folks. Yeah, but uh, um, man, you go ahead, Brandon. I got to. Well, think of... I have a few, but I think one of the things, the one, the one that always pops out that I forget about when I'm watching it, are the stupid songs the cop keeps singing, the cop with the cat. Oh, yeah, those songs. Yeah. It sounds because it sounds like he's making them up on the fly. Do you know what I mean? It's because it, like so they just go in yeah. weird directions, and it's like, well, that sounds like a real sort of song. Somebody, but no, I think he's making up this verse. Like it just, it, it's 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 odd, and it just kind of. Is, is hard not to notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is a no. fun little chunk of that character. Okay, okay. Mm. Is it the cats? Out of do you like the cats? <laughs> the cats? They're pretty cute. They're adorable. Yeah. Well, the uh... oh, so we've had the cop. He took he took Madge. We're taking all your. There's a lot. There's away. a lot of there's a lot of prime real estate left o- over in that. You know. Oh, I think a lot is generous, <laughs> but there is some. <laughs> <laughs> oh man let's see i don't like i said i i was kind of enjoying during the middle of the movie i was enjoying the uh the vulnerability of the monsters for a while there like i said this, so i'll go i'll go with the scene like i said this i brought up earlier where he's on the couch and she's trying to you know care for him and stuff and mm. he's clearly dying was uh that that scene was pretty good that was actually a part where the movie was was totally working for me so i'll go with that okay okay all right so what's what's our next thing after this is this our segue into stephen king month yeah. now that we've seen the worst now we're getting into <laughs> stephen right, king cool. turn and the funny thing is even though i was the one defending this movie i'm like the non-stephen king fan in the room mm. and so you know, I mean, I like some Stephen King movies, but I don't read Stephen King, and I think both oh, yeah, of you I'm guys. I'm goofy do. for Stephen King. By the oh. way, this came, and I want to thank you to. Oh. Can you guys see it? I want to ah, thank you to for crew. for allowing me to read like the worst short story I've ever read in my life. Um, um, Here there be tigers. I don't uh, remember that one actually. I think it was. What's the premise? I remember that. A title. kid tries to go to the bathroom and there's a tiger in the bathroom. That's the story. Like, I read the story two or three times because I was like, I must have missed something. And it's like, no. I don't even kid. remember that. So, okay. It, it was just like, is this. A, it, I, I don't know. I, is, that, I, is that all you've read out of it so far? No, I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's like the. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the only story I've read so far. I, I cracked it up today. I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to experience Stephen King for the first time. You guys told me to read this book. And I read Here There Be Tigers. And I thought it'd be interesting. I was like, hey, what's he going to do with tigers? And it's like, wait, this kid's got to take a pee. That's the tension. This kid's going to the bat. Like, I know that. that wait, so the kid walks in and there's a tiger in there. There's and a tiger. Yeah. I, 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 well, we should have a more prolonged discussion about it when I'm not, you know, it's not like one in the morning. But it, <laughs> We have drugged this out pretty far. Yeah, it, it, right. it was, it was, 
I was you really surprised. Cats will disappoint everyone in this. this <laughs> well, I, it episode. was appropriate. It was oddly appropriate. That's one of the reasons yeah, why I didn't continue okay. reading. I was like, oh, I, I should stop with the. Um... Wait, is that the one with Ballad of the Flexible Bullet? You should read that one next. Um, with what? Ballad of the Flexible Bullet. Probably my favorite Stephen King short story. Maybe one of my greatest short stories that I've ever read. I, I love that story. It is a very good one. I, oh yeah, that is in here. Yeah, give it a read. It's the Ballad of the Flexible Bull. Okay, the yeah, monkey is up next. Is the monkey gain rose up. Skip. Yeah, what what are the what are the what's the creme? What are the quality creme? ones? Uh, is the jaunt in that one? The jaunt is in here. Yes. Yeah. The jaunt. All right. Let me. That's your next one. That'll that'll cleanse everything else out of your palate. Okay. Ballad of Flexible Bullets a really good one. Uh, Beach World is that one in there? Or is that a different one? I'm thinking about. Beach World. Uh, there's the what was the. The Reaper's Reflection? What was the one with the mirror, Adam? The Reaper's Image? Trying to call the up Reaper's a, Image, that's it. Is Reaper's the, Image is really fun. The mist, Reaper's Image is genuinely creepy. The so. Mist is in this, and this is like 150. Yes, it is. It's 153 yeah, pages. It's Mrs. almost Todd, a novella. Mrs. Todd's really. Shortcut is one of my favorites, too. I'll recommend that one. That's in there. Range but okay. good, yes. Um, right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of gems in there. I'm surprised you found the one that neither me nor Adam remember that yeah, sounds here, terrible. Here there be tigers and it's spelled with a Y instead of an I yeah, yeah. too. Because he's he's doing a thing with Blake, but I don't remember why would he that has nothing to do with William Blake. But okay, fine. There's gonna be some stinkers, granted. Oh but yeah. Man, yeah. Battle of the Flexible Bullet. Oh, I love that. I I I never reread short stories, and I probably read that one a dozen times. That one and um, 1408, which 1408 is it's much not in there. Story. Yeah, it's not okay. in there. I, as I've got the list of stories from that up, too, I will say that that uh, Here There Be Tigers is by far the earliest story. It's from 1968. So it's like basically okay. they're like, we need more pages. Can we scrape up something you did in okay. college? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That explains something. Well, yeah, yeah. but... We're st we're actually still recording, and we're at an hour and fifty minutes. And I feel like we should okay. we should well, mercifully. You're the one that has the power to stop recording. Yeah. No, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying I I, I just am realizing that the I should... point of this whole thing was that we're going into Stephen King, yes. and it's yes. going to be an interesting road. Um, so... I wish we had uh, some kind of way for people to vote on the Stephen King movies. There's a wonderful plethora of good and bad and weird ones, so we may just have to choose one of each: good, bad, weird, and. I'm sure there's another variety of Stephen King movie. Maybe right. bad, but popular. well, we had a list. We did have a list of movies that we, we uh, did. Um, well, we'll do the after the podcast. We can go over the list. Um, All right. So yeah. Hail so the, the King month. So, next time. So oh, now so it's excited. so you're you're one and zero. I'm one and zero. That's the uh, that's the new. I don't, I don't know if we have a name for these debates yet. Was what, what was it? Something we in should the, call them blood sport. Well, I thought the idea was you were going to be the smarmy guy, and I was going to be like the, the you know the. You were way smarmier than me this time. You was jerk. I? You stole really? My stick. I didn't Adam, feel like smarmy? I was getting a smarmy. Was was Brendan? Who who smarmy? was more smarmy? Was it me or him? Who's the smarminist? Who smarmed? I, I wasn't out? picking up a lot of smarm from either of you, to be honest. <laughs> I love I mean, how Adam kind of corrected our pronunciation of smarm and the way he he said that just now. <laughs> There was like judgment in his. No, uh... <laughs> I, just have to, I just have to work harder to say terminal R's because I'm an Australian. Oh, okay, okay. So I was just. 
See, I'm I, I'm an insecure American, so I read it as a criticism of my pronunciation of smart. No, no, no. The most secure guy on this podcast. You're like, I'm insecure with my beautiful wife and successful writing career. Yeah, yeah, sure you are, jerk. Yeah. No, the actually the real reason I I kind of hit smart was I was trying to think of what was the what was the attitude I was picking up from you guys because like I said, smart didn't really come come you know I had a sincere gut punch of hate for this movie so i hope that came through yeah, yeah i was getting a lot of rage i was getting a lot of hostility and anger uh, from joel it wasn't to you you're my friend i, I love you but man this movie <laughs> oh man but, he, I, Joel, even before the podcast, he sent me, I, I sent him a text to say, like, you know, I'll be on in 10 minutes. And his response was in all caps. And it was like, I'll yeah, be there. I was ready for blood. This movie had to die. And I was the executor. And you know what? Good. I'm glad yeah. it was me that got to put the bullet in this thing's skull. No, it was good. It was like a, um... It was like a psych out thing before the debate. You know what I mean? <laughs> Our never ending game yeah, yeah. of one upsmanship with yeah. each other. It's like, oh, yeah. Joel, did you do something different to your beard? It looks weird. Oh, let's start the debate right now. You know? <laughs> what? No! <laughs> so, all right. We should end it here because it's definitely getting getting too late now. So, um, so, we'll be back on next week with something from Stephen King. We don't know what yet. Oh, I'm so excited. So excited. And until then, we will talk to you later.
Thank you.